I'm good. I my, my ears, my ears. Um, it's doing better. Obviously, it's that I know it's doing better. But I just it's not all sure. the. We're not all the way there. Um, but my ears mostly. I feel like I'm out of the woods as far as the terrifying part because I went to an ENT and I had to pay 160 up front with no yeah, insurance. Yeah, And then they they also pay they also were like you you still have a balance of 65 dollars. They told me on the way out and I was like, how about you bill me, motherfucker? Yeah. So they'll do that and I'll just let that go to collections. Yeah. Uh, kid. No, the- listen, listen. <laughs> you're gonna raise Pearl and Jack to be responsible kids who could deal with that being on their fucking credit. Yeah. In 15 yep. years. Mm-hmm. 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 We, uh, we we we're playing the game. Um, this is the society we live in. So you know, what are you going to do about it? Um, no, the doctor told me that I have fluid buildup in my middle ear, which is based around an outer ear canal infection that was from me swimming too much in the you know in Lake Michigan because I went okay. to the yeah. beach and I swam a lot. And I, you know, what you do when you go to the beach and there's waves. There was a, it was a windy day, so when there's waves, and I haven't swam in 20 years. Let me tell you, oh, like yeah. like really in a pool, maybe like 15 or no, it's probably been like a decade. But in it's, a, it's been, I'm gonna say it's been a solid 15 years for me too. In a proper body of water um, lake michigan on a windy day and this is a good beach this is racine michigan we play on this vacation welcome to wrestling is gross my name is bucky my name is siobhan um we were we went there and did um you know we did that weekend the day that we were leaving for that it was a three-day thing that we had planned out um basically what i did was i googled best best beaches on lake michigan because I decided, like, all right, driving distance, whatever. We haven't taken a trip, all four of us, with the six-year-old, the two-year-old. It's a whole fucking thing. Yeah. Um, so this was the big first experiment. We found Racine, Michigan, or Racine, Wisconsin. I keep saying Michigan because it's Lake yeah. Michigan. Racine, Wisconsin, which is a fine town. We we overpaid for a hotel that was right in the water. Um, and we went. Did to you get uh, one of those burgers with butter on it? No, but that's – I live in Illinois, so you can get that here. Okay. The Butterburger, yeah, all right, so the Butterburger, yeah, yeah. Culver's? Yeah, yeah. Col- yeah Culver's is, although we did pass us, we, we just came back from Madison, actually, we've, have, we've had multiple trips now, but we came back from Madison, we passed a, a, a billboard that said, world's biggest Culver's, like, it was like, I don't know if they have, like, a museum inside the Culver's, for people who don't know, That's... Culver's is a Midwestern burger chain that, uh, that sports the Butterburger as their sort of 
signature menu item, which is a a, a burger where the bun has butter on it. I guess. Or <laughs> <laughs> they put butter on the patty too. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck's going on there. I like we we're Culvers people. There's a Culvers around the corner. It's right next to the Edgerton, ATM. Wisconsin is where the lar- world's largest Culvers is. For- yeah, it we must have passed like- it on 39 South. I think, yeah, this probably. shit just looks like a fucking. I don't know, like a like a Bennigan's or an IHOP. Well, that's cool. No, it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a Culvers Plus. Um, no, I'm down for a fucking big ass Culvers. It's yeah, a good place. I mean, do you see the uh, evil looking uh, Taco Bell they're building uh, in the Minneapolis suburb? Is it a is it an at abnormal Taco Bell? No, I didn't see this. No, it's like this thing, and it's got like this hangover w- where it's like two stories, and and they want to. It's like we're gonna have four cars, and you're going to be able to view your view the workers in the restaurant making your. That's always food. a bad idea. I've worked yeah, at a dude, pizza place where they that. had a they had a line like that, and I hated it. Pink I'll fucking I'm gonna post uh, the uh, photo straight for you because it's really it's really yeah, hilarious like looking. That. Well, no, no, Taco Bell has done experimentation, of course. Helpful. Well, welcome, Wrestling's Gross uh, Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we haven't talked in like a month, have we? Because no, my no. ear has been broken. Anyways, I swam too much in, the, in Lake Michigan, and I, my ear had a, I think I had a swimmer's ear, and I was like, ah, well, it'll go away. And then I didn't take care of it, and I really didn't take care of it, and I didn't care. And then I went on, we went to Kansas for, for uh, a funeral, my wife's aunt's funeral. Um, drove all the way out there, which is a seven-hour drive. We really tested the limits of these kids, and we've come out on the other side much stronger, let me tell you. Um, and then then I went to the King of the Death matches in Indianapolis, which was sick, and we'll talk about that in another episode. And then this past weekend, we went to the trailer figure-eight demolition derby race. I took Pearl, and, and but, the, but my wife and the, the baby came along. We went to Madison, Wisconsin. We did all the things. I don't know. Just every fucking ounce of blood from the stone of summer. Yeah. Because you know? um, she starts kindergarten Wednesday, and today we got her fucking shots. She starts kindergarten Wednesday, and check this out. You know, usually you do this in advance, right? I got her shots today, and her fucking... Uh, oh, it looks great. I love that Taco Bell. It's kind of sick, yeah. I love it. It's no, I love evil, it. It's but it's kind of sick. No, it's time. it's fucking it's it's like it's like fucking Ryan Gosling is wearing the scorpion. I was going to fucking say this yeah. is a refin ass. <laughs> it's refin. It's a refin ask. It's a re- it's very refin ask. Um, yeah, I feel like it's too, this is the too old to die young or whatever, Taco Bell for sure. That's very nice. No, um, yeah, my kid starts kindergarten on Wednesday. And yeah, that's fucking insane. That but is she's bu- also bu- too bu- old. Bu- you know, here's the weird thing: she's too old for it because uh, she, she's actually she should be starting first grade in theory. But we kept her out a year, and I said I wasn't going to put her in school if she didn't have a va- if vaccines weren't improve, uh, approved for like up to six years old, and she could get it. And here we are, and I put her in fucking school. So I guess I'm have no principles or scruples. I don't know. Um, Dude's fucking hard. I mean, what the <laughs> fuck are you gonna do? It's I don't know fun. what I'm gonna do. She's but America's she, a fucking nightmare. How yeah. about that? That's she's gonna answer. be a year, America? maybe a year or two old, and I don't know. We're gonna look into. I guess if if they think she's should be moved up to first grade or whatever. I don't know. She can't read. She's you know <laughs> it's tough. So there's kids her age. There's Brian Knob's asshole right here. It's fucking awesome. There's the <laughs> yeah. Taco Bell thing, and then it opened up a little media tab, and there's Brian Knob's asshole still. Welcome back to Wrestling Express. <laughs> oh, and Hot Stuff Hernandez doing a fucking tope and a four frame yeah. gif. Um, we get, uh, we, yeah, we got to use the chat feature a little more often. Just so there's no, less. It's good to have Brian Knob's asshole. Or maybe no, we, we never we need just to put, use it. You throw the throw the throw it back in there every now and then. 
Um, all right, we're get, recording. Get we back are recording. To that knob's mindset. We are recording. We are doing it. Um, who died? And Porky. Super Porky died. Yeah, Brazil de Plata or Jose uh, Alvarado, because I don't remember his name. Uh, yeah. Which is bullshit, and we're going to do an episode on him. Uh, it's just we gotta logistically. That's less. That's like. Fuck. It's harder to do. We yeah, can't do we're... that at at this hour. <laughs> yeah, we're not like. I mean, I guess like, Eric. I'll tell you what. If we're gonna do Eric with that one, he is two hours ahead of me and three ahead of you. So I mean, he's he's viable for a late night recording. That man session, doesn't have maybe. no kids. Yeah, he also has no goddamn kids. That's also a he valid point. Care. I mean, he could just have so, yeah. the cat there Porky and be like, "Tacos, good boy." Yeah, exactly. Porky episode. Yeah, Dad. Incoming. Wait, what the fuck? Why are you speaking English, man? I just yeah. am now. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think Eric is uh, is good for that. We're gonna do that soon, and then we got some other stuff coming up. That this is in um, tribute to the late, recently deceased Robert Lee Eaton, beautiful Bobby Eaton. Robert uh, Lee? Yeah. No way. I I mean I'm gonna say that that's Jr. called him uh, Bobby Lee on an, when, during the commentary. That might not be true, but you know. You, you and him being a hick ass brothers. Yeah, no, of course. For those no, not he aware, was Robert Lee Eaton. For, yeah, for those not aware, uh... today would have been his birthday, dude. Shit, I forgot. Oh hell I yeah, good that. job. All right, we did it. We know we we are yeah. we are killing it. Because um, he shares his birthday with my roommate, uh, Bobby Eaton. Happy birthday, Misha. I guess right. Is it your, yes, it's her birthday. It's not too, I mean, we're, when we get this episode out in a week and a half, it oh, won't be. be. It's like the today 20, is twenty fourth so or something. Recording. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Yeah, we're well, we're recording on uh, you know. It's April. Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. Oh, it's not the music from. How, what's it the was, fr- What's how does the Friday the thirteenth theme go? I, I'm thinking about bum, the bum, Halloween bum, theme. Bum, I don't bum, 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 that's Jaws. <laughs> Great horror movies are wonderful. I can't wait for. Abs- <laughs> I can't wait for October. Uh, old in theaters now. Um, yeah, I I guess so. It's Bobby Bobby Eaton, beautiful Bobby Bobby Eaton died uh, the other day, and he was how old? Do you know? Do you have any of this up? Uh, he was sixty two. He was sixty two. Um, all right, so Bobby Eaton. We're not covering a whole. So we're not going to do a full Bobby. This is an episode that you already had in the works, so it just it made sense for you to push it up here. Yeah. Um, this is not a career retrospective of Bobby Eaton like we may have done with some other guys. Uh, this is primarily focused on, you described it as, what, The Last Stand? The Last Stand of the Midnight Express, yeah. Right, The Last Stand of the Midnight Express. This is like, uh, and then the, the split off and... Stan goes on to be in the Heavenly Bodies, the Heavenly Bodies, of course. Yeah. Um, and I think Bobby comes in a little bit there too, right? He's a, he's sort of a half member for like a couple yeah. months. Yeah. Yeah. There's some stuff. There's a, a six man cage match or something where he's in there and he bleeds. I feel like there's some there's there's, there's significant like that weird stuff. Triangle uh, nine man match. With, that uh, the, yeah, that's a wild. Yeah, match. the Rock and Rolls and Arn versus the Heavenly Bodies and Bobby and um, a stud stable team that's I want to say Dutch Mantel. Buckhouse, Buck, yeah, Buck, and Fuller? Buck and Fuller. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, something Colonel like that. Robert golden, himself? Golden. Yeah, that, Jim, yeah, Jimmy Golden. Jimmy Golden. Um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, Bobby Eaton, uh, also the of the uh, the Dangerous Alliance, which we will probably talk about at some point, right? The Dangerous Alliance yes, in 91, because that is, uh, you know, peak uh, anything, peak, peak North American... 
uh, heel stable work. Probably it's you know it's it, it's better than the NWO. It's some of the best stuff that's ever been. A big faction of dudes who like gel together. The Dangerous Alliance. Yeah. You know you can't you cannot beat the Dangerous Alliance. Of course, um, we're not going to get into that. This is just a smattering of matches from what is it? They. Him and Stan Lane. All right. So all right. What the, what's who the fuck is Bobby Eaton? He's uh he's from Alabama. He does a goddamn leg drop. Um, he was just a guy who was like an early, you know, like as a teenager, he jumped in the business really early. Yeah. And he what he says he teamed with Lanny Poffo and they won the Mid America Tag Team Championship. Um, which who knows what the fuck that is. <laughs> Um, I think that's the Nick Gulas. Uh, it's one, the Gulas, like the, yeah. I yeah. see. I see Gulas's name here. He's feuding with George Gulas, and uh, there's Chris Colt is around. Uh, and, yeah, so that stuff Chris is Colt being Sco- Chris Colt's a hell of a guy. Yeah. Uh, Chris Colt, like also, never, like, Chris Colt never. He was a guy who you know maybe will come up someday because he's just a scuzzy dude. Um, but yeah, so that stuff, none of that's on tape. Obviously, that's all just like people compiling stuff from results that some asshole wrote down, and who knows how much of it is even accurate. Um, very little footage of that stuff. And then Bobby, uh, he you know he's in Georgia. He goes to Jarrett. He goes to Memphis. You know, um, and he is a part of. Is he's is he a part of the? Uh, the 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 Jimmy Hart stable is he part Her of that family yeah. yeah I think that's what happened because that's wherever he did right and him and uh him and him and Coco yeah yeah sweet, uh, sweet brown sugar sweet brown sugar are like tag tag team for a while um, and then they feud afterwards sugar gets forced out of the stable and I don't know if you you've seen that right you've ever, you've seen the 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 episode it's like December 82 Memphis TV yeah. where like they racistly kick him out <laughs> and then that Jerry was a Lawler time man yeah Jerry Lawler teams up with with Coco who's just become a face and they fight Eaton and I don't know uh the big fat mask guy with what the fuck was his name the dream machine <laughs> or whatever yeah dream machine um i haven't watched any of that stuff in so long um yeah so he bounces around and then i guess he joins up eventually with condry within his condry yes and that is in mid-south where that happens right bill watts kind of puts them together um is that right like a, well um so the best of my knowledge, I think so. Let me just verify a little bit more on that. Because fuck, I'm well, because uh, Condry, Condry, Cornette, and 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 then it was Randy Rose and Norvell Austin. I got it right here, Norvell Austin. I could, yeah. I, I'm glad I pulled that up just in time. I was gonna say the black guy. <laughs> it was Condry, Randy Rose, and Norvell Austin. Um, they were the Midnight Express, and I've seen some of that stuff. And you know, it's kind of a like a low mid card act that doesn't really matter. But Cornette's and Cornette, you know, Cornette had been around in in Memphis some, and had been doing, you know, testing out his his version of the the Jimmy Hart, Bobby Heenan style heel, you know, yeah, uh, big time main event manager guy, you know. Um, which is his his thing, and he's just as in, instrumental to to Bobby Eaton as any other part. You know, Cornette is right there, and was one of the reasons that Eaton is a thing, of course. Yeah. Um. And so, I guess at 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 some point, right? The the obvious feud that begins is the uh, 
against the Rock and Rolls. Yeah, and I mean, all of them had been in Memphis together, just not feuding. So it's like, it and in different natural, different uh, pairings of teams, different like alignments, like everybody's kind of yeah. All those guys were there, but they were they were not together. Yeah, for, it's interesting. Uh, hilariously, you can find on Cage Match from uh, uh, August twenty fifth, nineteen seventy nine, the Gibson Brothers and the Jet Set Bob Eaton and George Gulas teaming against uh, Doctor D, Dave Ed Schultz, huh. Great Togo, to- Tojo Yamamoto, and Dennis Condry. So it's like they're all. Like they're all in a conflagration together. Can you imagine, all- like, if we had just footage of all of those those weekly fucking, you know, uh, the the Coliseum shows in Memphis from like '78? You know, God, that sounds so yeah. good. <laughs> sounds dirt, so good. Or, like the dirtbag uh, fucking tours in yeah. Birmingham and Nashville and Chattanooga. That like, yeah, just the whole extended the extended Memphis verse. Because it's all oh, Memphis, yeah. but it's all... The, the Tupelo house show footage. Give me all of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, and we do have some, you know, we got some Coliseum stuff. What's That was called the Mid-South Coliseum, right? Correct. Yeah, the, it wasn't in the Mid-South territory, but the Memphis Mid-South Coliseum. Um, then, the Mid- uh, Mid-South is a complicated concept. It's given not that a thing. The car- it's not actually a thing. Just yeah, like the that- South itself is also not really a defined thing. Nobody can given agree on you- what's the South. Yeah, given that you just went to... Um, a, a tournament uh, weekend, yeah, hosted by IWM itself. Yeah, uh, promotion that is run in Joliet as a home base for a time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Fucking Illinois, Chicago, Chicago land. Like, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. It's just the. It's just like, could this team? Could, if this te- if this was a if this city had an NFL team, could it be in the AFC South? And you're like, sure. Well, there's Indianapolis, <laughs> there's right. Jacksonville. Don't get me started on that shit. City. Oh god. Yeah. Don't get me started on fucking um I had a I got a I got to close the program here. I'm going to get some mega uh mega sounds happening. I had to close my U-torrent. Oh dear. All right, cool. I think we're good. Uh whoo. Have you listened to any episodes recently? I keep having this issue. <laughs> I'm having some windows sounds. Um yeah, no. The um the, so they're in the Mid-South Territory. Um, again, Mid-South doesn't exist. The South doesn't exist. It's all... Pens- you say Pensacola's in the South? It's Florida. Well, what the fuck is Florida? A, a big part of it's the South. The rest is, I guess, communist Cuba. <laughs> it's it's uh, some kind of East Coast. Yeah. It's, it's um, the, uh, you know, Tel Aviv, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um so they, yeah, I guess they bounce around. Midnight's bounce around to every territory is kind of the deal, right? They go to world class. They do a fucking stint in Georgia. They, they go to, uh, they go to, you know, the Carolinas and work with Crockett's, and that's where they really take off. Um, there's the big scaffold match with the Road Warriors, and that's still Condry and Eaton. Yeah, because. Um... Stan Lane has been teaming with Steve Kern and the Fabulous the fabs, Ones. The Fabs, the Fabulous Ones, and that's purely fa- babyface, or do they ever turn? They... That's a babyface team. They never, they never turn heel, right? No, no, not that I know of. That'd be crazy, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, and they're great. They're great bleeders. If you've, seen, you know, there's some really good stuff. Them as it them and the Moon Dogs is a long feud. Yeah. In like '84 ish. 
This yeah, because right. they're, again, another team that's working all over the fucking place. Right, right. But that's a good stint. The 84 Moondogs feud. I think it's 84. What, you know, that's something we should probably talk about at some point. That I, I just never, I, I always forget this stuff because I watch that stuff and it's just in the back of my mind all the time, but I never actually think about it. Um, Modern Memphis is that way where it's just bl- it's, it's blended into my psyche. Hey, Tony Charles is here. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Conjury. It says uh, here, it says in early 87, Conjury left left Jim Crockett promotions for undisclosed reasons. He was involved with, like, drug smuggling or some shit. Like, literally. Did we ever, there's never been any, like, confirmation, like, what happened I mean, it comes and goes as to the confirmation, but that's always been, like, he knew some bad, he, like, literally knew, like, some Dixie Mafia people who had pulled him into some shit. Yeah, it's justified He had to vamoose off a TV. I see them all hard times to come. Bow, down, bow, down. Jesus. It's such a good, bad theme. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So he, he comes back, though. Like, he, 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 he doesn't. He, oh, yeah, he reunites with Randy Rose in the Randy Rose. That's, that's right. That's right. Paul Lee. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, of course. Um, and that's a whole thing. And don't, they have a they have a feud with the Midnight Rockers, and so, I don't know some whole whole AWA is. Oh yeah, there. that's a good shit. Yeah, is it good? I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen it. I think I've only ever just no. It's read good. About it's it. good. Uh, no, I mean all the the Midnight Rockers AWA stuff is good. It is. Yeah, of course, of course. Those guys before are, uh, a couple of good wrestlers before, there. Yeah, before they. Uh... <laughs> Let's just keep it at that. <laughs> no, I I've been thinking a lot about Sean lately, and I, I I do think he's completely worthless after comeback. But I I I wonder, you know. I think his best matches with like Mark Henry or something, basically. Yeah, Mark Henry, great. I wonder maybe Mark he was Henry. a good TV wrestler in '03. Like, I, I get the feeling that maybe like that's the stuff that you remember. Like, oh, Sean, Sean's good in uh, like an 11 minute match where he shines. You know? I don't yeah. Know. Um, oh anyways. God, Sean, he's, he's fucking bleeding against Tonder for in a 55 minute match. Yeah, <laughs> we can't do that. Nobody needs to watch that ever again. Um, but that's obviously nobody. We don't need to tell anybody that. Yeah. Um, all right. So we end up eventually with uh, they come back. And all right. So it's, Sta- it's Sweet Stan who uh, they they become champion. They become United States tag champions. Um, and then eventually the world tag champions. They defeat Arn and Tully on September 10th, 1988. Um, it says this feud was cut short when Anderson and Blanchard signed with the WWF. So I don't know. Um, Road Warriors went it back, and then they, I guess they traded it back and forth a little bit. And then we get uh, the weird thing that I guess we're going to start this episode out with, um, which is the Babyface Midnight Express run. Yes, um, because um, so the original Midnight Express come ba- come into. Uh, and the, the uh, Jim Crockett uh, promotions led with, but with uh, being managed by Paulie Paul e. yeah. and they beat the fucking shit out of the Midnight's. Uh, Jim Cornette famously blades and gosh, he's all over the place because he n- doesn't know how to fucking blade. Oh, I wish I would have watched Why that. I want to watch yeah. that. Yeah, we're, I want to watch that. I mean, yeah, damn. Yeah, that's some uh, shit that you gotta throw in up, the thing. Yeah, we gotta watch that. Ends up getting uh, kicked right in the nuts. Uh, because Conjury, is there no payoff? There's a payoff. It's just not a good one because like Conjury wanted to leave. They wanted to fire Randy Rose. They're like, 
what the fuck is and I mean it's on this thing. Well, Randy those, Rose. Like, they, to be fair, Randy Rose not a guy you like want to pay for for like long a long yeah, time. Yeah, but it was in the middle of the feud. It was like and so like yeah, uh, but so look at this guy. He's there with the fucking blow off. It's to the Conjury. You're like. What the fuck? Conjury too. If, if I'm like, if I'm signing the checks and I'm looking at Conjury, I'm like, what the? F- really, this guy? <laughs> like, I don't know. I like, I like Dennis Conjury, but he's like, especially at this point, and he's got the reputation he has, and he's like on the run from the fucking from Walton Goggins. Like, I don't. I, I he just straight up didn't. I think he was living in Denver because I'm trying to remember off of the uh, kayfabe commentaries timeline of, of '89 shoot that. Uh, Corny did, and I'm pretty sure he's living in Denver, and he just didn't fucking like flying out. And it's like, well, firstly, what fuck's he living in Denver, Colorado? Um, he's yeah, hiding. From it's he's, it's it's not as hot there. His name low. He, he's uh, <laughs> Vern. Is, Vern's got an eye out for him because you cross Vern, and he will murder you. We know this. He did murder. <laughs> So it's so funny uh, that like this is all so Bobby Bobby Eaton in the meantime right Bobby Eaton dearly departed beautiful Bobby and among all of this among Stan Lane uh, doing whatever the hell he was doing in Florida around these times um, which I guess we'll speak about right yeah I guess that should be talked about briefly. Um, Bobby Eaton's just kind of hanging out and being a good wrestler and being a cool guy, and I assume fucking bitches and having a nice time. And well, he was—I I think he fucked, but I also—I believe he was also like an extremely like loyal husband, to the best of my knowledge. Like he was like, oh, is he married? Oh shit, I take it back. I'm gonna. Believe his that reputation was that he was, he was an extremely F&Bs. good dude. That like he married a uh, Bill Dundee's <laughs> daughter, and oh. and he found out. Bill found out that. Uh, Bob, like that she was dating a wrestler and he was like I'll fucking kill this guy who the fuck and it's like no I'm dating who are you dating it's Bobby, Bobby Eaton. Eaton. oh well that's the one guy I, I like I, him except for me fucking oh animals. my god oh yeah. I take back and I'm gonna bleep I'm gonna bleep it out she died in May of this year yeah this MF who oh, I mean boy. some MF borderline died of a broken heart and you can say that that's corny especially like given that he already like, had heart attacks like Padme but, Amidala right yeah, yeah. It's it's a sad story, but uh, you know what we're gonna talk about? We're gonna talk about Bobby eating punching the people in the face and yeah, with sick backbreakers. Oh, I, and shit. I, while Bobby Bobby Eaton is one of the all time great offensive wrestlers, he his all literally every single thing he does looks good and looks like looks good in twenty twenty one eyes. Let alone like what the fuck like thirty two years ago he's fucking doing this in Greensboro or some shit and they're like what the fuck <laughs> yeah he's crispy he's got some he's got some stuff um yeah all right I guess uh, yeah I I I didn't I didn't realize and he he's he his uh his wife passed and then he passed and that is I guess uh, a thing that happens and I guess we did that last year with Danny Havoc as well um. It's pretty yeah. common. Pretty common. Yeah, it, uh, it 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 is it is sad. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, well, so here's the thing with Bobby Eaton is that he is ma- he like you said he's a masterful offensive wrestler. He's a masterful tag wrestler. He's incredible in control. He's great at bumping and giving back to the baby face so that they can get the maximum pop once they get their fucking hot tag or whatever. Um, but more than anything, Bobby Eaton, I think, and we will, you know, this is what we'll talk about, but I think he is so good at making 
everybody around him look like the best fucking wrestler they could possibly be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is the mark of a true great, you know? Yes. That's 100%. what that's a that's a special thing. Um so I don't have my notes up here. Fuck. I got Do it. my notes up. Hit All right. Me. Our opening contest of the night from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Halloween Havoc, uh, October 28th, 1989. Uh, the, we have the and Roll Express, Stan Lane, Sweet Stan Lane, Beautiful Bobby, and James E. Cornette, and their tag partner, Dr. Def Steve Williams, hmm. against the Samoan SWAT team, Batu, Samu, and Tama, the Samoan Savage. Being managed by the big kahuna, Oliver Humperdinck. (laughs) (laughs) What a pleasure to see uh, old Ollie, Ollie H. Oliver Humperdinck falling on his ass like 10 seconds after he gets in the ring. Great shit. I don't, I know, I'm not a big fan of him. Uh, Nah. I don't, I've never, even when I was a kid, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? (laughs) He's just like hick, white trash, Lubano, and that's. That's fine, and it, yeah. I mean, it, literally in this role, he is considering that uh, Albano managed the Wild Samoans forever, and then oh, eventually sure. the Moen ends up managing uh, the Head Shrinkers in WWF when they uh, uh, sure, come there sure, in ninety four, sure, sure. ninety four. And you're like, so he just has, but it's just like, there's just a type of guy. It's yeah. a type of guy who is with the Samoans. Uh, Heyman is like the subversion of that. When Heyman's with the Samoans, it's like a totally like Heyman's like trying to get these guys deals in the NFL and shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, all oh, right. You could do so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's see here. Fuck. All right. I had a thread I was going to go down. I lost it. But uh, all right. First of all, I saw old ass Bruno San Martino. Before oh yeah! This match, did you see him? He's gonna ref the Thunderdome match between like Muda. It's like Muda and Funk versus Flair and Sting. Is that right? Yes, it is. Um, and Bruno's the ref, and he fucking rambles, and he looks like he <laughs> he, he looks like a dead. He looks like a like a like when Shang Tsung turns a guy dead in fucking the first Mortal Kombat movie. He looks like that kind of. He okay. looks like someone who has been shot outside of a clam restaurant in Brooklyn. Yeah, a couple of days later that you find him, you know, and like the rats, yeah. the rats started already eating away at him a little bit. Yeah, oh, um, why did they shove this canary up his ass? Oh no. <laughs> yeah, that's gangland style, right? Um, all right, so Steve Williams, I didn't click on, I didn't look at these matches when you put them in there, and I was like, I knew the Southern Boys would be there, and I knew Wrestle War would be there, and that's basically, you know, I just like, all right, yeah, I know what this is, um, and I knew there were other matches, but I don't remember any of these fucking matches, you know. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen, I think I've seen all five of these. I was watching them, I like, I had a memory of, I think all five of them, including this one, but this one was the one that was like, oh yeah, okay, sure, fucking Steve Williams, and I was like, ah oh, shit, Steve fucking Williams. Um, I, I just want to say early on, and I pitched this to you as the, uh, the title of this episode, wrestling is gross episode number 62. Uh, Jim Cornette is the gayest motherfucker. He's such a, he's such a little queen. Uh, it's, it's great. Honestly, it's, it's fun when he's a baby face because he's just like a pasty pudgy. It's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy that they're baby faces here and he's still doing it. Like, I don't know what you have him do. You just have him stay home, I guess. Uh, and then, like, what, is Stan Lane gets on the mic and says, and the man who stole Ivana from Donald, and you're like, dude, 
1989. That's that's not this one. That's the next match. That's the next huh. match, I think. Uh, that's when they're fully heels. <laughs> yeah, but nobody... Uh, I mean, that's such a... That, that, that's a babyface move, though. Nobody liked Donald Trump. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, so Cornette uh, says uh, Bobby and Stan have wrecked more homes than Hurricane Hugo. That's what he says here. Um, which I'm not familiar with Hurricane Hugo, but I'm guessing it it struck Florida quite badly in 1989. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's uh, the Simones come out and there's like a torch dance. Yeah, they're doing like a, a mock haka. It's yeah, weird. yeah, and there's some like bad like network TV sounding like stock music playing. I don't know if that's oh, that's man, probably that's stop. probably network that's probably Peacock shit, right? But yeah, that's some who WWE could say? network dubbing over. Yeah. Um, and, and it's really funny over what was probably very cool. Probably just very. It was probably just like the music that begins our show. <laughs> um, we got Bob Coddle. Right and Jim yeah. Ross for most of these matches, if not all of them, I'm not really sure. Three of these matches, Three. we have uh, Bob Coddle. We have Jim Ross for all of them. The other two, one we have Terry Funk, and the other we have uh, Paul Lee. Right, Terry, and then Paul. I don't know who's worse actually between those two. They're both bad. Uh, Bob, Bob Coddle is like he's not, drunk, but he's, he's cool. Housed. Yeah, he's saying shit like "Sweet Bobby" and "Beautiful Stan." <laughs> I love it. He said, "Yeah, he calls he calls he calls him Sweetie Stan at one point." Which led me to then write Sweetie Stan in all of my notes. Uh, um, yeah, I love Bob Cottle. I love Bob Cottle in SMW where he, you know, he was, he had to be the lead commentator in SMW and he was so, like, he, he was like a, I always get the sense that he was just a guy who was like, woke up and drank immediately and just drank yeah. all day, you know, and like mixed his whiskey with Pepto-Bismol like Ethan Hawke and fir- uh, first, first performed. performed. And, God, you know, think Bob Cottle also contemplated eco-terrorism? Yeah, I think Bob Cottle probably shows up to the fucking SMW tapings wrapped in a fucking barbed wire and a, has a dynamite vest on. <laughs> and just like... <laughs> and, and he and, thinks yeah. about blowing up fucking, you know, <laughs> Tracy's mothers every day. He's like, I'm going to take the Johnson City, Tennessee volunteer hall out with me. Yeah. Fox. Yeah, he's gonna. Yeah, he's like tell, he, trying to talk Tammy Sitch into like coming with him. <laughs> Tammy God, Sitch is the Amanda dude, Seyfried. Fucking Paul Schrader right. seeing seeing Sonny and being like, "This is oh man." He would yes. have so many feelings about Sonny. Yeah, Paul Schrader, do the do the Tammy Sitch movie. Um, boy, let's hit him up on Facebook. <laughs> You know, he's, he the loves, king of he's the king of Facebook. Um, all right, Bob Coddle, uh, he says that the Samoans uh, are going to maul you and scratch you, and they're not worried about wrestling you. Um, and then I guess this is the, – so that is the thing. This is full babyface midnight. Uh, Bobby hits the floor and, like, delivers a great punch to the Samoan Savage. Uh, great punch. Um, yeah. There's there's literally a hundred great punches. Yeah, by yeah, and, and everybody else too. Everybody's everybody's nailing it in these. Uh, I don't think there was a single bad puncher in this entire show, which is pretty no. remarkable. Um, Stan Lane, of course, a former karate instructor and lifeguard at Myrtle Beach, which is where Fla- Flair found him. Which is what J- J- according to Jr. Flair found Stan Lane while he was lifeguarding on Myrtle Beach. Yeah, uh, Flair Which had is... too many sea breezes and needed uh, someone to rescue him. Like, <laughs> a do- doggy paddle it back in. <laughs> uh, he went out pretty far, and he thought the sandbank was going to carry him out a little further, and then all of a sudden, I don't what's, know where... What's my this? feet wouldn't hit the ground! 
I'm fucking tied. Fucking bullshit. And then Stan Lane saved his life, and uh, it was all instrumental from there. And, uh, and of course, uh, he was also a former uh, karate instructor, I guess. Which and... is such a funny fit. I love, I love the, the. I'm I'm not a big uh, Jim Ross, uh, early Jim Ross person. I like him a lot more when he's a cartoon. Oh, um, I like Mid South Jr. No, but I think, but I think, I mean, it's all about who his partner is. If it's got to be someone he respects, he's doing, he's having, he's doing really. There's a lot of fun him going through everyone's like accomplishments because he fucking loves that shit. We know for a fact of there's course. nothing more that this man loves than talk about what like fucking Bobby Eaton was doing when he was nine years old. <laughs> like that's like Bobby Eaton was doing leg drops off of trees. To, to random passers-by, and his parents said, you can't be doing that, Bobby, unless you're in some wrestling ring, and that's what Bobby's fault. I gotta be a wrestler then. You know, that that's like the Jim Ross thing, and you're like, that's great. <laughs> that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, that's his deal, right? Is he, like, he he's all about the, uh, the accomplishments. He's an on-paper kind of guy. Uh... JR is sort of uh one of the, one of the best for that. That's why he's such a legitimate kind of sports announcer, you know, even to this yeah. day. He loves that shit. He's got his little piece of paper there in AEW and he's got a he he doesn't know how to read them anymore, but he's going to try. Nope. Um he, he uses uh, to get glasses that are are his actual prescription. He's just he's had that same pair of glasses for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, him and my wife. Um yeah, so he says that all three Samoan brothers are in the the three hundred pound category, which is a category, I guess. Yeah, uh, super. I mean, that's not legally category in anything, but I mean, you know, whatever, man. Yeah, the cat- big MFs. Yeah, that's the category. Um, so see, Steve Williams tearing through like a tree of Samoans is a sight, of course. Um, and watching, uh, the, the Midnight's do, like, high fives to thunderous applause. Yeah. It's, it's just fucking, a bizarre world. It's so much fun. It, it rocks. I mean, it's, it's cool. It's cool. But I just, I can't believe they were actually over his baby faces. It's weird. It's, um, I think Philly makes sense for them to be, uh, for them as a place to be over because, you know, heel town and all that. But it's like, all right. These That's where guys. this is? Is this Philly? Yeah, this is Philly. It's a Civic Center. This is, I, be, I believe makes it the fourth building in Philly we've done a match from. Okay. Oh, is that it? We have not done the National Guard armor yet, but we will get there. But there's a play. There's the arena. There's the fucking... Um, there, there's that place that CCW ran once where they did Danny Havoc versus Drew Gulak and the Nero Barbar. There's Murphy hmm. Rat, obviously. And then there's this. We've never done either uh, the Spectrum or... We've never the done fu- the fucking Spectrum? Never done the fucking Spectrum or the World's Fire I watched Spectrum. a fucking Spectrum match like two weeks ago. I was fucking, uh, that's insane. But there's a, like eight... We could get up to like ten venues just in Philadelphia because right. well, it's a hell of a town. That's a show, I guess. Um, have we ever... Have we ever officially done a match from the Voltage Lounge, mate? I don't fucking remember. That's a good answer. That's your answer. We've talked Probably length, not. we've talked at length about a, a one match that went two hours there, but that's that was at an undisclosed location, of course. It wasn't actually at the Voltage Lounge. <laughs> Nobody yeah. knows where that took place, right? Um, no snitches. Um, nope. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird to see them as baby faces. 
um, is me. I was I heard sounds upstairs, and I texted my wife. I was like, "Are you make sure there's no kid running around?" And I was like, "There's a sound up there." And she said, "Is me." She said, is, she said, is me looking for jewel pods? Front, oh uh, shit, I don't know where, to, I was going to tell her to look, but I don't know where the fuck to look. Um, Alright, so, Fatu and Williams, I have written here, Williams questionable punches? Question mark, question mark? Um, he seems oh, pretty... Okay, so his, his, his like, delivery is great, but I'm not sure he's actually doing close-up punches. It looks like he's doing like an open hand thing. And they look cool, but they're also like, Wait, they're wild. That's not, a, not, that's not a punch. Yeah, they're wild. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, he's such a weird, weird guy to watch, at, like from a modern perspective, because him and you know Vader to a degree too. But he's him and Gordy especially are so and Hanson is kind of like this, where it's just like there's no nobody wrestles like that anymore. Nobody, no, nobody exists in that just completely animal style that those guys existed yeah. in. You know, Brody was kind of like that, but Brody was like a shittier version of that. <laughs> but like, you know, that 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 kind of thing, Buzz Sawyer kind of shit, early fucking Duggan, um, those guys who just like went at it like crazy like that. Um, and Williams also had the legitimate, you know, wrestling background, which was huge and made him such a special thing. And yeah. Yeah, time all American, as as Jim Ross says. Yeah, he's great. Williams is the best. Um, you know, one day, one day we'll get to the match where he dropped fucking Kabashi on his head twenty times or whatever. <laughs> like those those matches for me, like him and like All Japan '94, like growing up and like like buying tapes from high spots and like just reading match listings and reading you know Phil Schneider and Dean Rasmus and talk about like. The, you know, it's Scott Heath and Dave Meltzer and, you know, Wade Keller, all the fucking the assortment of people, you know, uh, the CRZ talking about uh, <laughs> fucking Kobashi or, you know, Kobashi and, and Williams and just like there, there would be like one screenshot, like one still pick of a backdrop driver where the angle of Kobashi's body towards the mat and he hasn't hit yet but you can see he's gonna just be destroyed by it you know and then you finally see the fucking match and it just like blows your fucking mind because you're 14 yeah um yeah steve williams is a legend in my mind and always will be um because of what he did over there and um he also is one of the great coked out wrestlers of all time absolutely and seems like and i think the cocaine is probably pretty good throughout this episode i'm just going to throw that out there he is definitely up there he is fucking flying high um and i think we should do our top 5 cocaine rankings at the end i think he's going to be up there um yeah yeah, he looks great, and he looks great, and everybody looks great here. I think a six-man is great for these guys, um, for, for, for Bobby and Stan to just really go for it. But also the Samoans really, you know, they're kind of interchangeable. There were times where I was like, is that Sam Uwe Fatu? Um, who was is, who is the Samoan Savage? Who the fuck is he? Uh, Tama. That's, uh, like the Tonga kid. The Tonga kid. He's like brought in to replace like uh, Snuka, and he had like a weird career. I think he's still fucking wrestling, uh, and he just... But he never had the career he should have. Probably uh, he yeah. looks fucking great in this match. He just doesn't. Re- he just like wrestling like a, like a dude who doesn't give a fuck. 
Well, he was like a second to Snuka in like '85 WBF, yeah, right? Like he's when a sidekick, like like Piper, like would beat him before he would wrestle Snuka to a no contest or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Samu has uh, really insane knife edge chop- chops on uh, Chopis. I almost said Chopis knife edge Chopis uh, on Doc uh, that are super fucking loud. Uh, Doc returns with, like, a brutal lariat in the corner. Like, they're, like, laying it way in. Uh, Bobby Eaton has great punches. Um, and, but then we get this cool thing, because Bobby, Bobby and Stan are the baby faces here, and Bobby just gets to have his own little Ricky Morton section. Um, where Bobby's he, getting his ass kicked throughout this match. He's taking, yeah. like... Hip tosses on concrete. Yeah. All kinds of crazy things. That was sort of a needless moment there. That was... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he, he has these moments where he's, like, he's doing these little... He's, like, outsmarting the heel, like, with, like, the moment... Like, he's sort of, like, breaking down the momentum with little bits of babyface trickery. Like, it's, like, textbook, um, like, Marty Jannetty or, or like, Ricky Morton-style stuff where he, like, he drops a sneaky little elbow drop to counter a drop down or, like, yeah. does a flash uh, sunset flip for like a one count like it's you know it's 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 bobby eaton doing ricky morton for a little bit and it's something you never get to see because bobby eaton's always a fucking heel yeah um, even um i mean especially even even the times he's a fucking baby face in wcw it's when he's a singles act this is the one stretch it seems yeah. like he ever had where he was a tag team baby face and yeah. this is like the king of tag team wrestling getting to do the opposite of his sh- of his shit and He's just as good. He's just as fucking good. Yeah, it's super and cool. And obviously, a lot of that's because he's been looking at all of these fucking guys. Well, yeah, he knows how to do it. Obviously, for them, but it's like, yeah, well, we could do it too. Of course. Yeah, at a certain point, you know, like he's been him and Ricky Morton have been doing this same fucking thing with him on the other end for, uh, you know, eight years an hour or whatever. So you know, like it is yeah. just it's second nature to Bobby Eaton to just like understand how to make a guy like Samu, who Samu is no Bobby Eaton. But Bobby Eaton can make Samu look like he's as good as Bobby Eaton, you know? Yeah. Um, and he totally does. And he's the fucking man. And he's, you know, f- uh, Fatu locks in a nerve hold. And we do that for a minute. Bobby Eaton looks like he's dying. Bobby Eaton looks yeah. like he's going to fucking die out there. Um, you know, you've, we've talked about nerve holds. I'm not a big fan. Um, but Bobby Eaton looks like he's dying. Um, and then, uh, he so Eaton gets, ta- he, there's a bunch of headbutts from the Samoans. And Bob Cottle drops a line that I thought was really funny where he says, he's going to have goose eggs all over his head tomorrow. Yeah, what weird way to... Goose eggs all over his <laughs> Weird way to re- refer to it, you know. Well, I, like, I've heard goose eggs, but just like the idea of like multiple little bumps all over Bobby Eaton's head is just yeah. really funny to me. And JR says to look at the teeth marks where they've been biting him on his arm. Um, Bob Cottle says that Eaton's a physical specimen, but how much can he possibly take? Um, and they get, uh, the, he finally gets the. He flops around for a while. He he gets the the hot tag to Doc. Doc is crazy. Doc's on coke. Yeah. He's hitting the coke hard. Um, and he's bringing it in and he's doing it. He's got his dick out and he's Doctor. He's Doctor Dick Steve Williams. And uh, I don't know. I don't even know what the finish is. Um, yeah, Stan hits Cornette. All right, yeah, all right. So uh, the Jimmy Hart finish where the, they're all – it's a big schmoz, and then Stan accidentally – Stan Lane runs into Cornette, gets pinned right after. Yeah, um, he takes uh, – yeah, yeah, he, um, he uh, tennis rackets himself accidentally. Yeah, it's the reverse Jimmy Hart. Um, you know, uh, 
just really cool to see Bobby Eaton uh, do his thing as as Ricky Morton. That's kind of the the big takeaway there. Yeah, um, and to see, you know, Doctor Death, Doctor Dick, Steve Williams, <laughs> just being a beast. Just yeah, just doing doing lines off the off the tag rope. <laughs> um. All right. Cool. Next, all right. Next up. From Wrestle War on February 25th, 1990, at the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina, we have nice. the Midnight Express versus the Rock and Roll Express. So this oh. is one of my favorite fucking matches ever. Uh, and yeah. It, it completely holds up. It's, yeah, this, it's is, so this good. is it. This is kind of the, the one. Um, Wrestle War. What if wrestlers went to war? You yeah. Know? What, it's, Two tribes go war. Bomb, bomb, absolutely. Bomb, bomb. It's just like ah, that. Yeah. And I guess now they're back to heels, right? What do you know? What happens between then and now? Why they're heels now? It's the dy- I think it's the dynamic dudes thing because they talk about it a little bit in this. Ah, uh, uh, the uh, dynamic dudes is of course the impetus. They had for... to turn them heel because they had to get the fucking dynamic dudes over, but it didn't work because everybody hated the fucking <laughs> dynamic dudes. Uh, Johnny and <laughs> Shane Douglas. The skateboarding bastards. So uh, they just say, oh, "Fuck it, their heels." But how did that not get <laughs> over? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's some. That's the true wrestle crap shit right there. You know. Yeah. That's the shit when you're like when you're 11 on AOL, and people are you know the wrestle crap website. Like, the, remember the dynamic dudes? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Yeah, and that that stuff is just like burned in my brain, and I could never. I, it's done. Those guys were fucked from the start. Um, just, there just was there was no going. There was it just was yeah. a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. It's remarkable that either of them got to have any success, even if it was in like ECW and fucking a Japanese promoter's wife. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird that that's how. But, it, I mean, hey, that man is out here. Firing half the Hales verse. Yeah, so, he's doing great. Uh, R.I.P. Anthony song. Henry. R.I.P. Um, jo- jo- Jonah Rock. <laughs> uh, Alex Zane already announced for a GCW show, so he's he's doing fine. I gotta get him on the podcast. Well, yeah, we gotta get him back on the podcast. Time. It's time. He's, he's available again. I can DM, yeah, well, I can like, DM right, his right, ass right, again. Right. Oh, man, he's, oh, he can fucking sign. This, so, oh, wait, no, he's not signed. All right. Yeah. Oh, huh. Yeah, he's, I was going to get him on the podcast, that he got a contract. I was like, well, too bad. No, it's bad. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, no, we can right. ask, yeah, we can still ask him about what it's like to be strong heart. Yeah. <laughs> he's back to that, I guess. Yeah, hey, did you go to China, man? Did you meet the monks over there? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man, what a cool what a cool company over there. Yeah. Um, this is the legendary feud, of course. Um the fucking Midnights and the Rock and Roll Express. Oh, my grandma used to tell me about how the fucking, like, what the... F- I, this is, like, such a fucking cliche at this point. Just be like the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express. And it just feels like it. you almost can't even talk about it now. Yeah. <laughs> like, we are almost... Like, somebody's gonna, like say that we're old for talking about this and it's gonna hurt you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> i wasn't even alive for this fucking match i, I know yeah i was best. I, I was uh 11 months old yeah um yeah okay so 
the R and and look, these people all look fucking old by here. Like the the rock oh, and rolls yeah. look like shit. Everybody looks like these are not hard throbs whatsoever. Gibson's hairy chest, and even hilarious. in their primes, look, even in the fucking what what's the prime of the rock and rolls? It's like four years before this. Yeah, and they're actually better wrestlers here. But what is the prime of them being like fuckable? I guess it's like eighty five or whatever. Um, cause cocaine does age you quite a bit, you know, yes. you do a lot of cocaine over the course of five years and you fuck a lot of, you know, yeah, you're washing it down to booze, you're skipping meals to, because yeah. you're just not hungry or you're, you're just like, constantly I, fucking, on, I gotta on, get, I gotta <laughs> save some money. I'm not buying this fucking omelet at Denny's. I'm buying a, I'm buying a fucking half an eight ball. Yeah. I well, and they, they're, well then they're eating only the, they're eating steak from the Denny's. They're eating that good diner steak, which is a great source of protein. Um, and washing yeah, it down like, with an eight ball, of course. And, and then they are constantly on antibiotics because they are constantly battling some sort of gonorrhea or something. So like, it just, those things take the toll. The best meal they you. get all year is like fucking Harley races, wife's chili or whatever in Kansas city. Yeah. Like you could, you know, like that's the most that's the most healthy you got. Yeah, know. yeah, and that's you know we're talking five to seven years of that constantly, and just you know, um, not to mention all the all the you know the asbestos from the hotel rooms and whatnot. You know, who knows? Who knows what's going on in these guys? Um, they all look like shit, and I guess I, I guess imagine being a rat and wanting to suck the cross-eyed hot tag guy's dick. Like, I don't know. No offense to anybody who ever sucked Robert Gibson's dick. <laughs> Maybe it's a good dick. Maybe he's got a nice old nice nice dick to uh to suck on there, but um I just I you know, I can't imagine ever getting far enough to find out, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Um although he seems like a charming enough guy, he's quite the quiet one. You know, Ricky's the one who talks you into sucking his dick. We all know yeah. that. <laughs> Everybody knows that about the rock and roll is that Ricky Morton's the one who's the suave one who talks you into sucking his dick. Everybody knows this. Robert Gibson was just too polite to not, like, run out of the room uh, screaming when Jimmy Valiant was getting that glass bottom boat ride. Exactly, right? So Robert Gibson, I feel like we've talked about this also. We we keep talking about Robert Gibson. It's always funny. It's it's one of the greatest (laughs) stories of all time. Yeah, but but also the idea that Robert Gibson's always the other guy in the room during the (laughs) (laughs) And like you know, and occasionally, yeah, the, there will be the other girl who is the girl's friend that Ricky Morton's like, and yeah, Robert Gibson will occasionally, you know, get his dick sucked, but he's he never is, going for it because he he's the most fucking bass player wrestler, you right? Know? But you know what? Here's the thing about Robert Gibson, right? If Ricky Morton is ever worn down, always there for the hot, hot tag. tag. Woo! All right, um, it I took me a while to get back to get around. <laughs> Yeah, I knew there was a there was a line I was going for there. Uh, Cornet uh, cuts to it's like give Stan like this is the day music died. Uh, Stan Lane is can talk a little bit, but it, it's really funny. He's whenever uh, he talks. Well, he goes on to do some commentary and stuff. Yeah, right? I think he's I think he's, he's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, he's all right. He's he's Bobby Eaton can't really, but you know, um, not to disparage the man on the day of his death um but bobby never needed to talk he got it done in the ring and that's why i always had cornet there you know yeah. um and cornet of course like we said is instrumental in, in eaton's stardom um of course eaton could have gotten over otherwise but cornet sure did help him help him do it um 
And let's see here. There's a moment early on, right before the match starts. There's a Cornette sucks chant, and uh, Stan. All right, yeah, that's where Stan says that Cornette's the guy who stole Ivana from Donald Trump. That's where he <laughs> says, and Stan says it on the mic, and then Jim Ross says, uh, "Well, I don't even know really like girls." I know it's so funny. Like if, if in like three months or so. Uh, four months going from like Jim Cornette, and then it's like back to the fag jokes. <laughs> and, I, and I enjoy every gay joke. I, I wish. J- oh, I I, wish, I loved I, it. I wish Jr. had made a, a gay joke and said, "But you know what? That's great." When he was a fucking baby face, but I'm like, of course. Yeah, not that there's anything wrong with that. His partner was Jack, and you know what? That's just the way he lives, baby. You can't tell yeah. him otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. I would love that. Um. Yeah, no, it's all yeah, um, it's it's good. No, Cornette is a big a big fucking homo, and that's the character. <laughs> like I don't know, yeah. like there's no there's no getting around it. Like that's like, I I that is the character, is that he's a fucking like a sissy he's a boy. boy. He's a sissy boy, like little gay bitch. Like I don't know. Like that is what he is. Like you know, it's a fucking you know. A weird archetypal, uh, you know, I guess, I guess, offensive to. Are you all right? What happened over there? Oh, no, I'm fine. <laughs> Sound like shit. a hurricane happened. Um, <clears throat> no, and he is like a weird, like. Uh, he's like a he's a southern dandy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he is. But he he's is, also pasty and melting. Right, and and he, but he, and he leans into all that, and that is the character, um, and I. I, I guess the weird thing is, is when Jr. says the quiet part loud, you know, not that it's that quiet, but you know, yeah, um, it's always an interesting thing. Uh, that that Jim Cornette is a homo. Yeah, he's 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 a, he's a big fag for sure. Um, that's the character, athletic guy. He's, yeah. <laughs> um, so he gets in early and challenges uh, Nick Patrick to a, a fight. Which is some he he does uh the 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 R and R's help Nick Patrick untuck his shirt. It's so funny to get ready to fight, which is a very funny visual. And then uh, Cornette does some Buddy Rose like uh, rope fall gags. Yes, yeah, stuck in the rope, teeter totter. It's yeah. great. It's yeah. so it's some of the best stick. Yeah, and it's great. And then we immediately get into like Gibson hits an atomic drop. On Stan, Stan sells that by running high high speed into Bobby, and they do like the noggin knocker. And then Bobby takes a super high speed bump over the top to the floor, and then they argue, and it's just perfect. You know, it's a perfect start to a match where it's just like all of the heels, the the manager too, they all get sent up into a big frenzy, and they all look stupid, like they're a big bunch of fucking babies, and they all fight and yell and bicker, and they're all stupid, and it's all stupid. And the fucking baby faces are like, yeah, hell yeah, the crowd fucking loves it. Yeah, and that is. Hell yeah. That's that shit from when I was a kid where I would watch that and I would be like, oh, man, this is so funny. Fuck those guys. Yeah, exactly. It's great. <laughs> those guys suck. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. it's just perfect wrestling. It's just perfect. Um, and uh, then JR says that these two teams, uh, between the two of these two teams, they've held the World Tag Team title six times, which he describes as just phenomenal. <laughs> uh, so you remember when things were more simple way back then. Yeah. Um so simple, baby. Uh, <laughs> All right, so Morton toying with Bobby Eaton is a tale as old as time. Just as Eaton beating the shit out of Morton is a tale even older. But, like, 
Ricky Morton doing like climbing all over Bobby Eaton and Bobby Eaton like being like, Hey, what's that? What, you know, looking over his shoulder and being like, Hey, what are you doing back there? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, and he's just basing for like arm drags and fun little, like, uh, you know, they do, they do like a, uh, a big standing tall, uh, knuckle lock exchange with some monkey flip business. And Eaton's just constantly, like, he looks like fucking Cesaro in there. Just, like, it, like Ricky Morton's Rey Mysterio and he's Cesaro. It's just fucking, yeah. it's awesome. It's so awesome to watch him with Ricky because they are truly the match made in heaven. I don't know, I don't know if they ever had a singles match, but it, it, it doesn't matter because it wouldn't work as well as it does in a tag setting. Watching Bobby Eaton trade control back and forth with, with Ricky Morton, whether you know whether it's the, the actual deep face and peril segment or this early shine business, it's just so nice. It's yeah. the best it's, it's, it's the just, best wrestling. It's just what's it, it's 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 perfect. It's the fucking best wrestling in the world. Um yeah, it's great. Uh, Cornette gets bumped. There's like a there's a fun thing where I guess Cornette's trying to he's up on the apron, and then he gets grabbed by uh, Gibson on the floor, and then uh, Ricky por- pulls him in. He does a big flip bump over the top. His like his like boxer shorts are showing, you know. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> um, there's like another noggin knocker spot. Great punch knocks Cornette off the apron. Cornette does his like uh, big Heenan style um that that apron bump you know that apron bump that managers do yeah where they it's a classic manager bump where you have both hands on the rope you've secured yourself like tightly and you get hit with a like usually like usually it's the guy you're managing is going to come in and punch the other guy and he ducks out of the way and you take the punch or whatever and then you take the bump like while holding the the rope and you let your flags flop up in the air and you kind of just flop onto the apron and then onto the floor and go, Oh my God. And it's a very Bobby Heenan and Jim Cornette style bump, you know, Jimmy Hart, um, heel manager bump. And it's the best. And he does it so well. Um, Jim Cornette, the gayest motherfucker alive. He does it so well. Stan sweet, sweetie boy, Stan on the floor gives him a, he like gives him. He like pumps his heart. He like. <laughs> yes, he gives him. Uh, fuck. He's giving him a fucking like heart massage. A heart massage. Yeah, an external heart massage. Yes, of course. Um, yeah. So this is uh this. So this the R and R's. I mean, I guess we should talk about the history of their their stuff a little bit. They feuded all over the place, but. Um, their matches, the Rock and Rolls and the Midnights, would often go well over 30 minutes. Um, and even if the legends are to be believed, uh, many a night, a 60 minute Broadway, a 60 minute men, daddy. Is that, do we, (laughs) you don't, you don't know. That's my line. That's my line. Uh, do you believe they would? They went sixty. I don't know if we. We don't oh, have any I, of that. I totally think that they did. Yeah. Fucking. Where would when, you? Where it, would they have done sixty? Who's gonna? Like Shreveport, Louisiana. And yeah, shit. that's the main event. Flair's not working that night or whatever. Like JYD. Yeah, well, like, JYD's like off on a fucking crack binge. JYD's getting signed by. Uh, got signed by Vince and Cowboy Bill's getting desperate. But it's like, oh, I can rely on you four. Right? Yeah, and get, ha- get your ass is up there. Shreveport Broadway. Well, I'm so 
love and respect you dearly, Bill Watts, but I'm like, why are you even telling them that he's been gay? That's a terrible cornet. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yeah, I, I guess the idea of them doing 60 minutes is kind of crazy to me. I don't know. I just don't know what you... I don't know how you do... Th- I mean, I guess I kind of do. Here's the thing. is they The match that they do here is kind of... All right, so once we get into it, right? The, the rock and rolls are very in control in the first half. Bobby is pinballing all over, making them look like they're the most fucking kinetic offensive workers of all time, right? Yeah. Uh, Sweetie Boy Stan does the same. Um, they, they, they both look great. Cornette's losing his mind out there. And then... Um, and Ricky Dan Morton, right? Ricky Goddamn yeah. Morton. Just, he's so good at the quick cutoff in the extended shine sequence here, where like they would they would do this thing where it would be it, like they would in the first half of this match they constantly tease the heel takeover segment, which is sort of like the reversal. It's the reverse hot tag, right? Where yeah. like you know at some point this match, everybody in this building knows at some point because we've all been here before. We all know what the fuck the Bob, you know, we all know what the fuck the Rock and Rolls versus the Midnight's is going to be. Um, we've all signed this fucking social contract that you know says we know that at some point Ricky Morton's going to get taken over and and then he's going to be getting his ass kicked for ten minutes, um, and then it's going to be great when he, you know, we all know this, you know, it's part yeah. of the fucking deal, um, and. But we get to this weird thing where this the 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 the, the babyface control segment in the first half of this match constantly has like almost teases of it ending. Like it's almost like a reverse hot tag, so that when Bobby uh, finally does cut him off, and I, I it, it comes off of uh, I forget what it even is. Uh, it's it's yeah, I'm not sure exactly where the cutoff happens, and 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 Ricky becomes the the face in peril. Um, but you know, you watch this unfold over the course of like ten minutes, and how long is this match? Do you know the runtime in this? About it's just under twenty-four. It's, all right, so okay, that seems right. Okay, that makes sense. So this match is kind of like if you look at this and you see how they tease this stuff out while also maintaining just this fucking blistering pace. There's one rest hold in this match, and it totally fits. It's a good, it's a well-timed rest hold. Um, that makes sense to cool the audience. It's an ice. It's not so much a rest hold as just an ice the audience hold to get them so that, yeah. they, that so they're really hyped for the fi- the, the ultimate comeback, um, which is different from a rest hold. Of course, an ice hold is different from rest hold. Um, but the um, the the sort of structure of this and and the pace that they run through each one with Bobby and and Ricky just just. I think I said blisterous before, but they are like running through them and Ricky just has like, they have maybe a dozen or 16 or more little set pieces where Ricky makes a little comeback, little hope spot. And then boom, cut off, you know, uh, Ricky like gets a little roll up or goes through the legs and then boom, cut off stands there. Sidekick. Boom. Fuck you. Um, and it's just like, it is, and you know, you have to imagine a lot of the stuff is planned, or a lot of the stuff is like stuff they've worked out over so many, so many shows. But it just feels like they're just flowing. They've worked so many matches with each other, you know, um, and it's just incredible. I think this is maybe the best, 
you know, I don't, I don't, I don't. We'll get to the finish. I don't think I don't. I, the payoff of this match, the finish of this match is is good. I don't think it's the best. I think this is maybe the best. Like this, this is up there with the best face and peril segments I've ever seen. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and there's just so much good. Like there's so much offense that feels like only something you would see. Firstly, Bobby Eaton do, but uh, uh, even with Bo- Bobby with like the with the like. With, on Ricky, Ricky, um, yeah, yeah, like there—he's his little crash test dummy. One of his—he uh, brings that out in uh, two of the other matches, but uh, Ricky does a, an O'Connor roll and uh, on Stan, and Bobby comes in and breaks it up with a swinging neckbreaker. Just looks gnarly. Yeah, it's like totally gross. Uh, yeah, that's a good—that's a good move. That people think people do that move and it never looks that good. I think it's in this match where he does a single arm DDT into the double wrist lock, which he again, does two gnarly. of those. The divorce court. There's a lot of the arm focus. Divorce court, baby. Yeah, Ian Rotten. Um, yeah, there's a lot of arm focus stuff, and Bobby's leading. I feel like Bobby starts that and then Stan sort of picks up on it. Like that wasn't all. That almost wasn't even planned. Like they didn't talk about that beforehand. But it feels yeah. like they're just like feeling it, man. They're feeling it. They're feeling each other. Way to vary this match up a little bit. Yeah, yeah and Ricky's in. You know the. You know, one of the fucking ten best babyface sellers of all time. Not a hot take. No. Um, and yeah, Bobby has such a good. He, his control offense is crazy. He hits this vertical suplex. It's like kind of a. It's like nearly a brain buster. Oh, his, and I've, yeah, like it's like it's got like a twist. It's in got it. like a torque. Yeah, it's brutal. It looks bonkers. It's it's yeah. like. That's something that no, like an American wrestler in 1990 who isn't a yeah. fucking Steiner brother. Yeah, doing. yeah, that's that's totally that's like Steiner the, that's shit. Like the two guys you could possibly you think yeah do doing that. Nope. Yeah, Beautiful Bobby. That's Bobby watching Alabama. like Hiroshi Hashi shit. Like, um, oh hell, I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great. It's great. And you know, like I said, these the 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 you listen to the crowd um, as they you know we, we're all here. We're all like watching this like miraculous portion of any midnights versus rock and roll match where we're just like, how long will they carry this on? How many interesting ways can these fucking guys find to continue cutting Ricky Morton off? How many like weird little fucking rolls and shit is he going to do? And then stand up and immediately get smashed in the face by the other guy. Uh, How how many times will the ref not see a fucking tag? Like, (laughs) you know, like, and it's just this relentless thing. And, you know, this match could go, you know, it could go 15 minutes. It could go an hour back. Get it. Like it could fucking be, we could be here all night, you know, it's a perfect distillation of, it's like perfect distillation of like how a match like that is supposed to go where you're not, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't, you should very rarely be under the idea that you know how long a match is going to go. And reality, you can understand the idea that a main event match, like, for a big title in like New Japan or All Japan, yeah, twenty. You're talking about as minutes, a fan, as that's a fine. fan, what that's your expectations fine, right? of the match length. You're talking about. You're not talking about as a worker, but as a fan, right? Yeah, but if you, but if that match ended at five minutes, it could totally justifiably end at five minutes because they'd a already done enough, but b the finish would feel like oh shit, that was a finish. This is like this could have gone another twenty minutes. What? Why couldn't it have gone another twenty minutes? Right. Sure. I don't know if there was a timeline on this match. Well, you know, there is a version of this where they do. I mean, that that could totally, that could very well have worked and been the greatest tag match of all time. You know, where they what they do is they they move into a Robert face and peril section. They they move into a second shine and then they just do a second long Ricky fucking FIP section. Like, yeah, I mean, I I am not a hundred percent sure. I I would imagine that one of those like Broadways was uh, two or three falls. 
I'm sure. I'm sure. But that's the thing is you can see the way that they tease this out and the way that they like tease the crowd out and the volume and the excitement that comes through in the waves that it does. And that everybody kind of, you know, again, everybody knows the deal here. Everybody knows that they're going to see Ricky Morton get his ass beat. Um, and, and then like, you know, how you utilize your, like what's, uh, you know, Stan has his signature offense. He doesn't need to break out. He doesn't need to do his karate kicks every 20, every like 20 seconds. Uh, how, when's Cornette going to be involved in the match? When's Robert going to break it up? They have such a rhythms, deep rhythms, bag rhythms, of rhythms, tricks. Rhythms. Uh, but you can vary it. Like Bobby's going to the top. That could be at least three different moves. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, and that's the, the fucking right. elbow drop, the Alabama jam, the, the rocket launcher. You never fucking know. And well, that and is the key. There's a lot of like floor isolation they can do. They do a lot of that where, where Ricky will get sent to the floor. And, um, you know, and, you know, there's there's plenty of stuff. They, they've just, it is such a deep bag of tricks that they have. It is really, really just wonderful to watch. Um, for sure, for sure. And, yeah, all right, let's see here. So the big comeback does come off of the rocket launcher attempt, right? Yeah. Um, and this is the rocket launcher, of course, is where Bobby is on the top rope and Stan throws him from the top rope, sort of like a, a guy doing this to Ric Flair. Um, but he flies and he does a big splash. Um, and more often than not, I feel like the rocket launcher, unless it's being done on jobbers, it's almost always countered with double knees. Yeah. Um, it's also like a perfect spot to get the hot tag in, too. Yeah, because both, both guys are in the ring. ring. Yeah, so you don't have to do any more setup. They're both there. They're both ready to feed for Robert. And if sta- if if you if it's countered, Stan's like, oh, no. And then, oh, shit. Right yeah. out of the corner of his eye, Robert's in the ring. Yeah, and or Cornette's on the, the floor. Cornette's Steve like, Armstrong's in the fucking ring. Right. Cornette's bumping on the floor, like just doing, you know, everybody's working. Everybody's out here working, and Ricky's like selling his ass off. And then Robert Gibson, of course, has been snorting coke off of the turnbuckle pad for the last 15 minutes, just waiting to get in the ring. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, you know, at, by this point, he Robert has had to get back in the ring to break up pins. Like, Ricky is done. Ricky's totally done. Um, and, uh, you know, and like I said, Robert Gibson's just been doing coke for 20 minutes. He's just itching to do a sunset flip for a two count. Uh, <laughs> that's all he wants in his entire life is to do a fucking yeah. sunset flip. Um, and then, I don't know, there's a cornet racket shot. There's some shit. There's like a, a, so the, the, the finish here comes pretty quick after this, after the, and that's my big complaint about this one is that they don't let the hot tag breathe and get like a real crescendo. uh, Yeah. We'll, we'll see a version of this later, but that's more explainable. This is like almost like, ah, shit. We went, maybe went a minute or two longer than we should have already. Yeah. Maybe wrap it up, wrap it up. But even then, but that's, I still think it works. It's it's not a bad finish. I think get out well it's hot is a totally valid thing i don't think it's a bad finish whatsoever i just yeah. th- i thought there was maybe a little bit more left on the table like you know i don't fucking do star ratings or whatever but like this you know this is right there under it's right and i think it's wonderful i think it's such a wonderful match um i think it's it's my favorite of theirs of the of, of the i mean you know i don't know i'm not a fucking expert on this feud or anything i've watched some of those like long i've watched some you know 86 fucking Crockett handhelds and shit. I've watched this stuff and I, I don't know. This one is like condensed. It's exciting. The crowd is hot. Everything is so refined. It feels like the most ready. It feels like the, I mean, this is their pay-per-view version of this. Like literally this is like the version that it's not some 
what like the fucking like Irish Mike's fucking uh, jerk off hole in uh, fucking Baton Rouge or wherever the fuck Mid South was running TV in 1985. <laughs> it's uh, you know, it, it's it's the Crockett Arena in on fucking pay per view, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, you gotta fucking make them one hundred percent out of this." Yeah, yeah. Know. I think I think uh, you know, and and to to say that it's also not a sacrifice for like a mainstream sort of thing. It doesn't feel like this is this isn't a Hollywood version of their match. It's just uh, they got less time, and they they put as much stuff in uh, here that they would a longer match. Uh, because now they know how to fucking do that. Because they've all been working TV and shit for so long. They've all been working on fucking Turner Networks and shit. They know how to work fucking... They yeah, they, yeah. they mastered it. Yeah. Yeah, leading, like, you know, leading off at 6.05. Yeah, there's, a, there's something really valid to figuring out how to work uh, the best version of this touring match on a fucking high-level high pay-per-view. And they nailed it. It's awesome. So good. It's great. Oh, Ricky. Ricky Morton. Um, we'll just talk about him. He's you still wanna... fucking doing it, man. Fuck. He's so good. <laughs> it's, and it's like you watch him, and it's like people uh, being like sw- like wilding out, like, oh my god, Ricky Morton just did a Canadian Destroyer, and you're like, you'll see it also later in the match. It's like, of course, this man would be doing a Canadian Destroyer. This is like a yeah. guy who himself had such high level offense for his era. Even if it's like, well, the, the rock and roll is what's the finisher, double drop. Man, who gives a shit? Like this, this dude is is a beast. He, yeah, he's, he well, of course he would he's be. He's climbing up, dudes. He's he's a cat. Yeah, yeah. Ricky Morton, of course, made my uh, my list last year. My year in list, him and Janella. You know, <laughs> I don't know if you remember yeah. that. Uh, I did, buddy. I yeah, did. big big fan, big fan. Um, all right, I need to watch him and Kogar. I haven't watched that from Wyoming. Uh, no, I've not either. Although Co- I, I will say I did watch Kogar and uh, and uh, uh, Janella from Homecoming, and I, I I thought that was a nice match. It was it wasn't great, but I you know J- Deathmatch Janella when he goes for it, it's always nice. Um, yeah. Do you want to take a little break here? Because I feel like we that's our big one. Southern Boys is a big one too, but it's less. The rest of these yeah, I, I have that, less notes on, so I think we're yeah, halfway. I got to get something for my fucking post nasal drip, so yeah. Oh dear God! Okay, okay. Well, no, I'm fine. That. I'll live. But right. I, I'll just pop a Claritin and some wa- get some water. Pop a Clary. Um, pop uh, a Clary, start it up. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> I think the, Claritin, the, Siobhan. The Migos have a song about popping a Claritin, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Fucking a mainlining Sudafed. Yeah. Um, keep the fit in a lot of coke people. The future. <laughs> all right. Uh, I know the synthesizer. Why don't I use the synthesizer, which is the sound of the future? And I didn't have any idea what to do, but I knew I needed a click. So we put a click on the 24 track, which then was synced to the Moog modular. I knew that could be a sound of the future, but I didn't realize how much the impact would be. My name is Giovanni Giorgio, but everybody calls me Giorgio. Mike Miss. 
Yeah. I wrote the words Mike Mishap. That's accurate, in fairness. Yeah, I guess it kind of is. It's more of a USB port mishap, I guess, if I'm going to be technical about it. Let's see. Oh, there's Brian Knobs' asshole again. <laughs> yeah, because he sent you the, uh, Whoops. the bizarre uh, fan- gif that I saw Mike Stock's uh, quote, tweet, and laugh at uh, from No Peace uh, Midnight Show. Yeah, okay, I'm, I clicked that Dante now. Leone, I don't know what the fuck this, this, this guy's doing to Colby Carino. Oh, these guys are great. Colby's just kind of going with it, because Colby's yeah. a champ. Right, welcome back to Wrestling It's Gross. Um, I like Dante Leone, because he seems like a fucking dumbass. Him and Ninja Mac versus uh, <clears throat> Mance and Matthew Justice from one of the Homecoming shows. Yeah. Just just high level. Like, they're just doing Rogue Warrior shit. They're just brutalizing people. Uh, That's Justice what you want. Are. They beat the shit out of starts. Raver and Jimmy Lloyd the night before and won the titles. They Like, Raver, like, uh, turned on Jimmy Lloyd or whatever. But it was, like, like so clearly, like, they were so clearly outmatched. Like, I don't know. These guys are cooked. <laughs> Ninja Max sucks. The, all these guys suck. Car- Jack Cartwheel. What a fucking embarrassment. <laughs> uh, like, well, he made it to PWG, so how embarrassing oh, can he be? Good, good for him. Good for him. I hope he really... It's, it's because they didn't have to pay for transportation either. Yeah, he's he definitely, just... He's definitely working for free, which is like, hey, whatever, yeah. man. But, like, they, they didn't have to pay for transit either because he lives in Anaheim. <laughs> I've now watched this uh, clip of Dante Leon... Uh, Dante Leon... Uh, uh, about thirty times. I, I'm I'm with it. I like him. He sucks, but he's funny. Um, I I I you know he would wrestle those uh the he would be on those AAW LaSalle shows. I saw I've seen that. Yeah, him and Danhausen and shit. They'd be like in those those like scrambles with Ace like Romero Mar- and Mar- Mike Hartenbauer with shit. Mike Hartenblower. Yeah. With Mike, Mike Stocks always call him Mike Hartenblower. The pride of LaSalle, Mike Hartenbauer. It's funny. Me and John were in the audience of fucking King of the death matches and we we're both high as shit. Cause we both bought the, uh, the weed, the pit fighter X weed chocolate from that girl. Yeah. Um, whose name I cannot remember. <laughs> Uh, she rode with mittens to the to the show and sold weed chocolates to me and John. Uh, quite a, quite a story. Um, and we were we were sitting there and we were like trying to figure out what Mike Hartenbauer's name was and we couldn't fucking figure it out. <laughs> and we were just like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "The guy." He was like, and I said he was the pride of LaSalle. <laughs> and we still couldn't oh, remember his name until. Buddy, you know I'm always thinking about Mike Hartenbauer. Until days later, and the funny thing was, and John had told the story about how he like went on a date with a girl and she was like, "Let's go to wrestling tomorrow," and he was like, "All right, we'll go to Glory Pro," and he didn't want to go because the show sucked, but the girl wanted to go, and then she back backed out and yeah. he ended up with just like all right well i have tickets to the wrestling show so i'm gonna go even though i don't have my i don't have a date now and he went and he like left because it was like dan the dad versus you know <laughs> i don't know who the fuck ever wrestled yeah. and uh the funny thing is i looked at that card mike hartenbauer worked in eight man tag <laughs> you know what good for mike hartenbauer. good for mike hartenbauer welcome back to wrestling is gross um yeah, sure. GCW's weird now. I don't know. It's cool. I guess, you know, all these promotions are, like, still trying to figure it out. We're still in the weird period now where... 
a lot of promotions are just sort of coming back, you know, like a- AIW just sort of came back in April a little bit and they're sort of mixing it up and, you know, at weird, the weirdster, of course. Kaplan is out here getting a title shot. That's Kaplan, good. yeah, that's great. But the, uh, we got we got to say the weirdster making his the return to the ring. Weirdster, our I, boy Evan. Evander. Yes. Do you know his Mr. name is Evander? Evander Ambrose. I've I recently found this out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, check out on the feed the, uh, the 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 nearly three hour battle bowl commentary. Me and. Have you listened to any of this yet? Or you're not going to listen to this, are you? You can't listen. <laughs> I don't know if I can listen to it now. I'll try. Uh, I'll tell principle. you what. I've listened to part of it. Pretty listenable. <laughs> better, than, better than I remembered. I don't know, but I didn't remember much about it anyways. Um, yeah, the Weirdster just uh, coming out of nowhere. Who would have guessed? Like, did you see yeah. that coming at all? No, hell no, and I'm glad. I'm glad for it, though. I mean, I've talked to him about his monkey posting, but I mean, this is a man who who gives us so much joy in the ring. (laughs) The monkey posting. (laughs) Be kind to our friend, the weird stir about his monkey posting. I haven't watched that match yet, but I'm sure I saw a gif where he was doing a he did a big crossbody. Ah, so good, Evander, if you're listening. Mm, Ah, Motadel, um, just wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, so exciting stuff happening in the independent wrestling world, I guess, right? The the pit. They did a pit. Did you see the, the picture of the pit? The pit was funny. The, the pit Texas was really pit? Funny. I can't yeah. wait to watch that show. I didn't watch it, but I can't wait. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah, uh, we're going to do the, the deathmatch tournament show. I guess, I don't know when we're going to do that. Two-parter planned out. <clears throat> you know. We got, like, at least... Three more tournaments to fuck. I don't know. Yeah, man. yeah, it's exciting. It's a, it's a, people are really really going off. Um, uh, the, I saw that they're gonna do a Carnage Cup. Did uh-huh. you see this? He announced that he was gonna do it last year after I bullied him. Uh, I think <laughs> some dumb shit he said, and then uh, he didn't he didn't do anything. So you know, Kevin Brannon, fucking up it up, man. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. I'm trying to figure out if they're actually going to do it or not. I don't know. It's... I mean, Spider Boudreau is dead. How can you do it without Spider Boudreau? Well, you rename it the Boudreau Cup, you know? Absolutely. Um, the Spider Cup. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think they're doing it. I can't find anything. I looked it up. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck, who fucking, who cares? Who knows? And also, who cares? Um, yeah. If it's there in a mixtape, hey, cool. I'll watch the Carnage damn cup. I watched, uh, you watched any of those damn deathmatch tournaments? What do you watch so far? You got any impressions? I haven't seen shit, brother. Oh. And I got, I just, I don't know, congested. Uh, just living a congested life. Yeah, yeah. Weather. The frickin' weather. Can I, you know, let's talk about the frickin' weather. Um. That's dog shit. Yeah, yeah. Um. Alright, well. What do we got here? The uh, the the next little matchup here. I am just vamping. Here we go. Capital Combat. I knew it. I yes. had it. it was right here. I had it the whole time. May nineteenth. May tenth, as they say. Uh, Nineteen ninety, and we got the Midnight's Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane versus Flyin' Brian Pillman and Tom. The Z-Man, Zinc. Zinc. 
for the NWA United States Tag Team Championship. <laughs> yeah, the U.S. Have, yeah, the U.S. Tag, whatever. There's a so all right. Here's what happened. I put this on. I was I, so this is where when I tried to turn on Peacock. Uh, I watched a little bit of this. I watched the first five minutes and started making notes or whatever. Yeah. And then I, 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 I've left it and had to come back. I turned on Peacock and we got the thing where it was like, there are too many people using this Peacock account. <laughs> the Peacock account that we share, you and me and whoever else. I don't know who actually uses it. but um, And so I downloaded torrents of this show and... Great American Bash, 1990. Hey, I mean, I'm so glad that Vince made money off of uh, just killing the network. Yeah. Just, just yeah. taking it out back and shooting it in the head. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a weird, it's weird. I feel like, I don't know what's happening over there. It's it's terrifying to look at what's happening over there. Um, I hope everybody's okay. <laughs> I'm hoping that Vince isn't secretly dead and they're not just, like, slowly selling it all off. Um, all right, so... Yeah, I realized I put on this uh, this show and it was JYD saying he's he's uh, going to Cornette's mother's house or something. Um, there's a fun bit like that, and uh, Tony Schiavone looks like a schmuck. <laughs> um, he's like he's fully schmuck status, like because he's like coming in from his return from WWF. Yeah. So they're like making him be like a bitch. And yeah. he's, like, wearing a bow tie and having to interview the junkyard dog. And then, so, I, right after this, right, I started watching the match, right? And it was the Rock and Roll Express versus the Freebirds. Um, so I watched a minute of that, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> this is not the match. <laughs> yeah. Because the Rock and Rolls came out, and I was like, all right, let's go, more Rock and Rolls. And it, it took me a second to realize, oh, yeah, this is not a, we're not doing a Rock and Roll Express show. This is, and it was the wrong match. So I had to go back. Was you know. it uh fucking Jimmy Jam and Hayes? Yeah, yeah. The night you never know bad streets there. Yeah, no, it was it was Jimmy Jam and Hayes. I think they were wearing face paint though. It was weird. Um, it's weird stuff. Anyways, I didn't watch that after I realized oh this is not the right match. This is not Bobby <laughs> Bobby yeah. Stanley. Um, so I went back. We got Cornette in the cage here. Okay, which is fucking classic, right? Yeah. Um. JR and Bob Cottle again on commentary they're talking about uh they are talking about they wonder if uh, Cornette's ever been behind bars before and there's some you know oh, implications oh, I, I wonder what he I wonder how he'd deal with that Bob <laughs> you know like <laughs> uh, you'd be giving up the ass hey, Jim yeah, I think you'd like it on there for a few nights or two Jim um, yeah, anyways, uh, Brian Pillman has immaculate hair. Um, Absolutely. And Jim Ross says that his dropkick is scintillating. <laughs> his words, not mine. I said immaculate hair. He said scintillating dropkick. Here's the deal. Me and Jim Ross were kind of the same. Um, we yeah. both, we're both jacking off to Brian Pillman. Um, now, Brian Pillman, in 1990, is... How is he being positioned? He's not like a he's not like a top star. It was always like the kind of the thing with Brian Pillman was it always felt it always felt like in WCW that it was like well maybe maybe he could wrestle Flair. Yeah, but then it would like they would like test it and be like, oh no, put him with the Z Man. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like I it just sucked. Still off in his first year of like being in WCW. I know, but they, they did. Know. They like he had a match. He had a big match with Flair on a Clash of Champions. What a couple months after this, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
and then and then right after that, he shuffled back down and he's wrestling Scotty Flamingo or what the fuck ever. You know, like I don't know. Like Brian Pillman's whole career is kind of the case of like, um, well, let's maybe try this and then nothing. You know, light heavyweight division. Right. Yeah, he gets shuffled back down to shit like that. Um, and Hollywood then, but, blondes exist for four months. Yeah, and they're hot, and then it's just gone. You know, and even that was like, even that wasn't that much. It, it was cool, and they were great. And it's one of the best tag runs of all time, but it's super short. Uh, maybe that's a show. Ooh, that could be a show. Um, yeah, that's how we get Shane Douglas on the show. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I those hombres. Yeah, it's good stuff there. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, one of the weirdest guys, Brian Tillman. He's one of those guys that never was, you know, um, very much right. He's the guy. He's yeah. truly the guy that never was. The guy that always were like you were like, oh, it's time. It's we're here. It's time for Brian Pillman to, you know, even in WWF, you know, like one thing was his one functioning leg. Yeah, like even then, it was just like, all right, Pillman is going to be a major star, whether he can fucking work a match or not. Even if it's just working programs, like, as a, you know, weird mouthpiece for Bret Hart or whatever. Like, he could have slotted, you know, and then he's dead or whatever. It's fucking yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Bad career. Um, just a, a horror, like, one, a f- you know, failing laterally throughout a, on a straight line, you know. And not just him. Not him. He's doing great work. And just, like, the opportunities never being there, you know. 1994. I can't think of a single thing he does in 1994, man. Yeah, he's around. He does Booker the Booker Man bit, right? That's when it happens. It's ninety four. That's ninety six. Oh yes, that is that is later. Yeah, it's a weird career. He's got a really weird fucking career, you know. Um, yeah, Brian Pillman, weird guy, uh, good ass uh, wrestler, you know. He, he's, he so I like the what I like is he's basically doing is Ricky Morton. He had, he and Bobby are just does, doing yeah. Ricky Morton and Bobby spots. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Of course, I have that. Yeah. Um, he, um, he, he does, he's got Morton style, like, uh, little shine comebacks too. Uh, he, he, but he's, he's more athletic than Morton. Like Morton, yeah. Morton is great. You know, Morton's great and has great drop kicks and does like good stuff and has, you know, always been great and always been very athletic, especially for the time that he came up in. Uh, 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 uh Brian Pillman is an, from the next generation of like hybrid wrestlers. Yeah. Like Brian Pillman is like post steamboat, you know, this is a dude post body definition. Yeah. This is a guy post Hennig, post steamboat, like post savage who can move, can like has all the fucking prowess in the world, but also can like jump real fucking high and hit and then also, but has that fucking has that chest. You look at the fucking chest on Brian Pillman, you know, Dude looks like a fucking bodybuilder superstar. Um, I it's I guess maybe he was a little shorter, you know. Yeah, I he, was a, he was a little guy. But I, I mean, for like what he did, like in his professional sports career, like yeah, like it's under six foot uh, and and like making it in the NFL, right? And that's crazy. He had that legitimate sports background. It fucking blows my mind that he was not a superstar. It's it's really stupid. And you know it, him dying early and the the drugs and the injuries obviously there's a ton of things but mostly let's just blame WCW for being really fucking stupid for being great but yeah. extremely stupid yeah Flair and then Bischoff and you know 
Ole Anderson, Bob Watt, uh, Bill Watts. You know, there's so many. There's so many different people that just didn't see what what was right. Had ideas. Them, they had ideas, and then none of these ideas coalesced in anything. Yeah, yeah. Brian, we'll talk. Fucking heard. There's got. There's got to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's got to be a way we talk about Brian Pillman again someday. Um, he's great though. Um, Tom Zink. Um, <laughs> Tom Zink's here. So Tom Zink is he's a little sad. He's fine. Now he's fine here. Um, he's uh, he his whole deal, right? Was he was in he Russell, he was at WrestleMania three, right? It was him and yeah. and and Martel. They were the Can Am Express. Is that or Can Am Connection? Uh, yeah. Something like that. Can Express. Yeah. All right. Hey, fuck. I don't know. Can Am Connection. Express, of course, is uh, who gives a shit. About yeah, this fucking guy, these man. fucking this fucking guy. No, did he like yeah. a- he asked for more money or like he held out on Vince for more money and Vince was like, "Well, pal, take a walk, motherfucker." Yeah. And then Zink did shit all for like four years, and now he's here just being a scrub. Um, I think I think uh, Jr. said that Pillman and Zink called themselves the Suicide Squad. Did you catch that? No, that was like a football thing. Oh, that okay. Cool, but he didn't. Uh, okay. On May 1st, 1988, Zank took part in the Battle of Breakfast Cereal, a show recorded for Battle (laughs) of Breakfast Cereal manufacturer Kellogg's for a sales conference in which Kellogg's themed characters uh, face characters themed after General Mills, Kellogg's main competitor. In the main event, Zank and Greg Gagne, wrestling as the sales and marketing team, defeated Pat Sinaka and Paul Diamond, wrestling as the Mills brothers. Zank left the AWA once more later that month. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, man. Why not? Why? Doesn't seem like they even planned for you. Ends in Minnesota, he could be a star. <laughs> I was muted for part of that. I was laughing very. I don't know how much was caught. Um, that's the thing. Zink could have been a star in Minnesota. That's the serial territory. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, that's so that's Named so funny. Rookie of the year for 1984 on the Wrestling Observer newsletter, signing with Jushin Liger. Wow, he's such, a, he's such a funny, like weird man. Meltzer, Meltzer's a funny weird man or Zank? Both, but both. Zank. They're kind of the same, right? They could have they could have body they could have body swapped in '84. We would have never known. Uh, Tom Zank coming out to uh, Caught Up in You by 38 Special. What if Tom Zank and Dave Meltzer are the same guy? That's entirely possible. That's fair. Like, think about it, man. Think about it. The thing about Tom Zank is that he was like a notorious recluse because everybody said that he had like a ton of dirt on people and then he died. But what if he didn't die? What if he faked his What if he faked his death and he's been Dave Meltzer this whole time? The Z Man a mystery. What, what if I he's think, uh, <laughs> and he's going to murder Brian Alvarez? I think it checks out. I think it, uh, I think it checks out. Oh, okay. Bobby's great. doing some hell, some fucking great offense here. The uh, well, he does the that, El Generico it, backdrop slingshot, but he doesn't do a Billy Robinson backbreaker, which absolutely. is just the coolest shit. It's yeah. great. Yeah, I, you know, um, he he gives uh, he gives. Uh, flying Brian, a fucking cheap neckbreaker on the floor when he's not even the legal man, uh, bumps him into the guardrail. Like he's just hard shit, dude. You know, and Pillman's a good rag doll. He um, does the uh, O'Connor roll uh, neckbreaker. Looks right. Good again. Yeah, between uh, that, Bob O'Connor can't stop referring to the guardrails as steel cage. Yeah, he into the steel cage there at ringside. 
Um, between the fucking O'Connor roll into the neckbreaker and the El Generico fucking slingshot into the Billy Robinson backbreaker, which I don't know how else to say that. Um, between the those... straight drop, the straight drop backbreaker, yeah, yeah. Between those two moves, he is the coolest offensive wrestler of 1990. Like, absolutely, just yeah. Like, what a and uh. So, all right. So we get a we get a thing. Uh, Stan has uh gets a headlock on on Flying Brian. Jr. says he's robbing the kid of oxygen. <laughs> um, <and> all right, <laughs> man. I was gonna say. Uh, before I was going to say this before, and then I, but it, it it applies here for this match as well as the 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 rock and rolls match. Um, but is there anything funnier than a sunset flip by a face in peril that gets like no count because the like Randy Anderson isn't paying attention or Nick yeah. Patrick has his back turned? Like anytime there's like a big roll up or whatever, and but especially a sunset flip because there's so much grandeur to the big sunset flip. Um, and it's just like, and the ref, you know, the crowd is chanting one, two, and the, and Randy Anderson doesn't even know there's a pin cause he's talking to Jim Cornette or whatever. (laughs) I love it. What do you, what are you you doing, man? Yeah. Standing around. I'm just standing here. I'm holding the tag rope on the apron. I don't, what are you talking about? (laughs) So a good referee, you know, that's the deal. A good referee in a tag match. It's super important. Randy Anderson does the job. Nick Patrick does the job. Um, you got to sell the... The idea that you don't see the chicanery, you yeah. know, if uh, I think Hebner was okay at that at times, but I think like, you know, there's guys, I feel like, you know, I can see Mike Kyoto in the SmackDown six era. Um, as we all know, yeah. um, Brian Hebner was of course great in that era. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Is that the joke? The Brian, like, I, Brian I Hebner like was Brian good, Hebner. but he yeah, was, he was good. He was good. But specifically in the SmackDown Six era, he was good there, right? Is that the deal? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I can't remember him. seeing him in, uh, like his. Okay. I don't have a fucking uh, judgment on his ref skills from TNA after uh, he has to leave because his fucking dad and uncle are like ripping off merchandise. And yeah. Shit. Well, yeah. Things God. things happen. Things happen. It comes up I so think often. He might have been involved in ripping off the merchandise, but I don't remember. <clears throat> I mean, sometimes you just gotta, you know, it's a fucking. This is this score looks like it's free money, and I'm gonna get in on it. Um, it's my dad. I trust my dad. <laughs> Why is this? I I I I paid for Chicago shirts. It says Chicano. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. That's a good bit. Um, yeah, the 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 idea of uh, of doing a match like this, it, it is it, you know completely depends on a a, a referee who's going to be able to play along with the sleight of hand bullshit. You know, they're playing the. You know, say you're like pretending you're at a magic show and you got to have a plant in the audience that's going to react to everything, right? Yeah. The referee's the plant in the audience that that is completely fooled by all of the magician heels tricks. Um, and then the the audience outside of them are like, "Hey, what the fuck? Don't you see that?" And the referee's like, "What? I don't know." You know, it's a, that's the idea. The referee's supposed to be the dumbest motherfucker in the room. Yeah. For a tag match. And you know that's the you know that's the best. That's what it's <laughs> fucking wrestling. Um, what do we say? <laughs> I guess people, wrestling. yeah, we don't. I guess this is not a thing you talk about that often. How about how the referee has to be the dumbest motherfucker in the world for wrestling to work? But it's important. No, you know? I mean yeah, they have to be competent, some... professional, and stupid as fuck. And that's when the re- and the referee then when the referee like looks like does something cool or dignified, you're like. All right, redemption. Redemption. Like, 
<laughs> like the Nick Patrick fighting Cornette thing. Like, sure. Like, fucking hell yeah. Uh, Nick uh, Patrick spent all of his fucking referee career looking like this, this fucking Kenny Powers. Mm. Six foot fucking Lomix, and but no, he's about to beat this uh, fucking pasty bitch's ass. Yeah. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm with this man. We've been watching that show. I've been we were in uh, halfway through season two. Uh, Deep Roy as the little guy. <laughs> great, great <laughs> performance in season two of Eastbound Down. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 uh, you know all these things have to work together. That's the deal. Um, yeah, I, I have written down Brian Pillman is good, but he's no Ricky Martin. I don't, you know, not as good. He's, he's not trying. as good, but he's, he's great. He's really best, good. He's good. Yeah. He's good. Um, Alabama Jam, finally. Third match. We finally get one from Eaton. Um, so it's, the, the fucking top rope leg drop is just so cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a move that, like, I fucks you up real bad, but I it's know. cool. I, I hurt my, I'll tell you what, I did a running, like, short leg drop, you know, like when you, like, do the snap leg drop, like a, like, I guess like a b-boy kind of, I don't, I'm, I'm not really sure who to even compare it to, but you run off the ropes and you, like, you sort of like snap it like a Muda style thing, but you just do a leg drop, right? Yeah, you're not you launching me? yourself up like you're Hogan. Right, right. Um, you're just doing the most impact quick drop. And I did that. I, I did. I, I was. I did that as a backyarder <clears throat> for like a, a couple of matches or whatever. And then I did one one day while like just rehearsing some spots with a, co- a couple of guys. And I hurt my tailbone so bad that I couldn't wrestle on the show that day. Dang. Um, and I just never did a leg drop again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's like that's literally what happened. I never did a leg drop ever again. I switched to sentons, you know, which was much, which is smart, the right thing to do um, for a man my size, of course. Um, but yeah, yeah, the top of leg drop, psychosis, psychosis, uh, you know, fucking uh, grandmaster sex, eh? You know, yeah. Who? What? Actually, what? The baggy pants on. Christopher's like 2000 era top rope. He would do it off the second sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, and even that, just the baggy pants looks so good. God damn. Love those. Love too cool. Yeah. Um, that, the too cool. Hardy, episode. Uh, Matt Hardy would do top rope leg drop. Yeah. That's a great one. With baggy pants. And he would do it from second and he'd do it from the top. He sometimes do it from a fucking ladder. Cause he's Matt Hardy and he's the goddamn man. Um, all right. So, all right. What do we got here? The uh, the the comeback, I, Pillman kicks out of the Alabama Jam, which is a big pop. It's a two. It's a close two fall, a close near fall, like a two point. You know, whatever seven point seven five or whatever. Yeah. Um, and we get a we get a, a comeback from Pillman, and he does this like sloppy ass slam on Eaton. Like his comeback isn't very good. His, his hot. It's like that weird slam where he like. It looks like, like it's a tombstone. Wrenches him into a tombstone and then just sort of like it has like it looks like it, shit. it would be cool. It would, no, it would have been sick if that like if he did it and then he like stomped his ass out or something. Like it was like some Doctor Death shit. It looked it it, so it looked it looked it looked like it could have been a shoot sort of throw, except for it looked like he just stumbled it. That was the problem is that he didn't follow it up with just a kick in the head or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. how you that's how you salvage that is by stomping his face. Yeah, um, I need more Dr. Jeff, Dr. Jeff, Dr. Jeff, Steve Williams. Yeah, I needed more Dr. Yes. Jeff, Steve Williams. New cocaine. character, Dr. Jeff, Steve Williams. Brian Pillman <laughs> was not prepared to put on a Chinese baby mask, you know? I think, didn't we confirm that that's actually Al Snow in that fucking mask? I thought we did that. 
no, no, it, no, it's, it's Steve. It's it is Steve. Dr. Death. Okay, it's, okay. It is 100% Dr. Death, yeah. It's some more Zapruder shit. Um, yeah, it all right. Any number, it it, it could have been any number of men. Dr. Know, but, Jeff. Steve, Doctor Jeff Steve Williams is the funniest guy. <laughs> really, it's I'm proud of that actually. I'm very happy with that slip. All right, all right. Uh, what happens here? Doctor a... Jeff Steve Williams. He's a chiropractor. Right. Um... <laughs> okay. Um, all right. There's a. All right, so it's a so he Z Man comes in for what can only be described as a warm tag. <laughs> it's a very uh, fucking warm tag. Yeah, uh, Bobby smashes his nuts on the fucking buckle. So this is a funny spot where Bobby like goes for a thing and he smashes his nuts on the middle buckle, and there's a close up with the camera. And Bob Cottle says, uh, "What a beautiful camera angle showing the pain on Bobby's face." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's some suffer comfort deep down. Man. Yeah, that's some that's a fucking. Uh, I mean, this is. Even the most uh, t- fucked up Bobby's notes get. Uh, <laughs> the Samoans are just ru- ruining this. They man's were junk. going for his junk for sure, for sure. But that's the Samoan way. I want to just read verbatim my last note here, which is very funny. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, it says a big enziguri by Satan, and roll up by Bobby, and there's new USB tag champs. I mean, I think we're more that's, of a USF. That was like a, that's... that's like a cyberpunk. Cyberpunk wrestling. The new Sweet US- Satan. Satan hits the Inziguri and then the new USB tag champs. Yeah, Sweet Satan Lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it, frankly. The father of Lauren Ober. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Rick and Morty. The f- Wait, Lauren, Lauren, Lauren Bober, right? Isn't that her name? Louis Lane, yeah. Lauren, Lauren Bober. Yeah, I'm, I'm bringing those references back for just for you because it's fucking yeah. 2:46 a.m. The movie. Lowy Lane, Lowy Lane, Lauren Bobert, um, Sweet Stan. Oh, what is it? Is it main event time? Is that right? Or no, we have two more. We had two more. Okay, we had two. You more. get two more. Right, Sorry, two more. that's no. It's cool. From, no, no. It's we're, we're gonna burn through it. From the Baltimore uh, Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> it's oh, here we go. The Great American Bash, 1990, July 7th, for the United States Tag Team Championship. We have Midnight Express, Beautiful Bobby Eaton, Sweet Stan Lane, against the wild-eyed Southern boys, Steve Armstrong and Tracy Smothers. You know what? We had, we spent so much time on the um, on the Rock and Rolls match that I I kind of almost forgot that we had another like big tent pole match here because this yeah. is the other one. Um, yeah. Okay. I thought we were gonna go right to Tommy Rich, which I don't have. You know, what do you say about Tommy Rich? Uh, all right. So I'm gonna say I don't have that much to say about this match. Um, I think it's uh, not perfect, but cl- but it's about as good as it gets. It's um, really close. Yeah. Um, the Southern Boys. Oh, okay. All right. Tracy Smothers, first of all, um, never had a bigger run than this, probably, right? Like, he was never in a bigger... I mean, I guess he was Freddie Freddy Joe Floyd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not going to count... Uh, That's not bigger than this, though. He was like a... He was like a prominent tag team guy here right yeah he was a fucking yeah he was a fucking jobber there yeah the fbi was funny but no that was he was oh sure i guess you could kind of you could you could put that in the in contention though kind of yeah Yeah, that's like part of the legacy sealer 
like the Fugs. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, well, the Legacy stuff, Sealer but... is ultra mega mass homicide riots in the fucking Clarksville and fuck. Well, yeah, like... the Sovereign, Sovereign Comfort era. Not even what a fucking the team, but yeah. Career. What? He, what? A... He died yeah, what two years ago? A he year died ago? last year. Yeah. God. This man had at least four good tag teams. I don't even know if there's another one that fucking hicks ass, but he had four good ones. So I was at a show. He had he had said a bunch of homophobic shit or like anti. I don't know what the fuck. He had said some kind of, <laughs> some fucking shit, right? And he and he came, and he was at the NGI in 2019. He wrestled Marco Stunt, I think. On that oh show. yeah. And he came out, and the microphone was all blown out. It sounded like shit, and people were like booing him, like. Like, people were, like, canceled or whatever. You know, I don't know what the fuck people were like. It's fine. It, you know, I'm sure he was. He probably deserved it or whatever. But I couldn't hear shit, and uh, John had weed, and we went and smoked weed, and we didn't watch the match or the promo. So that was the one time I saw Tracy's mother's life, my entire life, is we left so we could get high. Um, so that was that. Um, and now he's, yeah. de- now he's dead, so I don't know. Uh, I will say I, I had contacted his... His gym, his uh, his little uh, training school that was running for a while there. I, call, I I I I live about an hour away from there. Um, I forget the name of the town. It might be Lincoln, Illinois. Yeah. Um, and I like I was like, hey, can I come by and look at the? You know, I don't know. I was like thinking about wrestling. I don't know. It was a weird. It was like a weird drunken day where I was like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna message, and they were like, yeah, come. You know. And I just never did. So, um, and now and now he's dead. That was like three years ago, and now he's dead. Um, anyways, so Tracy Smothers is like, you know, the fucking man. And what is he doing before this? He's where is he at? How old is Tracy Smothers in 1990? I want to say he's about 25. Has he? He's so he's here with Steve. He's here with Steve Armstrong, of course, the Armstrongs from Mississippi and Alabama, the you know the Continental Territory. Yeah. Um, did Tracy Smothers come up from there? Do you uh, have? I have no idea where he I'm, came from. I I, I I honestly have no idea. I know he's from Tennessee. Okay, okay. so he was uh, twenty. He was twenty-seven. He's yeah, okay. He was, he was still young, uh, but not and... not too young. It's not that yeah, young. No, he was a Memphis guy. He started in Memphis, but like obviously, if you're from Tennessee, you're just gonna matriculate into that, like into the longer uh, fucking like circuit. But he was he was working okay. at South Coliseum. Okay, basis. Yeah. Eighty five. He's a jobber, and he's he's jobbing to fucking Eddie Gilbert and Danny Davis and shit. And the spoiler. <laughs> cool. All right. Yeah, I mean, he had like some fucking like. New Japan. I mean, they had New Japan run together. Um, well, so the the, were... the Memphis New Japan, like the, where Lawler would go over there. Yeah, that that was a that weird... weird period, which yeah. is really cool, yeah, but yeah. it's also like late eighties, hard yeah. to explain. Yeah, and also it's none of the stuff's that interesting to watch. As as interesting no, as it is on paper, not. it's all kind of just boring. Like uh, Lawler versus Fujinami. You're like, that sounds sick. Yeah, it's, but... it's kind of boring. Um, you know, whatever. Um, all right, let's see here. So, Steve Armstrong is what the second oldest. Uh, they refer to him as the youngest, but that can't possibly be true. No. He cannot be younger than fucking Brian, right? Oh God, I don't think we should go into this whole thing. I guess Brad died in into. I didn't realize Brad died in two thousand twelve. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks like he's. He's older than Brian, is what it looks like. He's older than than Road Dog. Um, 
yeah, I don't have much of an opinion on Steve Armstrong or, or you know, Scott Armstrong, the fucking Dixie fucking, what the fuck was his name? Uh, Dixie Dynamite? Dixie Dynamite. Um, yeah, I don't know. The Armstrongs are weird. You know, you watch the, you watch some of those old, those old clips where it's like Bullet Bob versus fucking, you know, Kevin Sullivan. Or I was like, oh, this is cool. And you watch it. It's like, oh, these guys are punching each other. And this is cool. But it's like, you know, I don't know. Like, it doesn't amount to that much to me. Um, I'm sure it was so sick if you were there and you got to see up close and personal. But like the shitty footage we have is only so-so, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, sick. You know, I, I let's preserve all of that. Obviously, um, Steve Armstrong. I have no opinion of. He doesn't have much like of a run after this. It's hard to figure out what. Like, I mean, he's in WCW as a jobber. That's weird, I, I mean, isn't that weird though? And Brad, yeah. Brad sticks around forever. Like, yeah. What, what does Brad do? We, I mean, we don't. We guess we'll talk about. I mean, Brad. Brad we'll talk about Brad some other time. Probably multiple right. Multiple different dumb gimmicks. He is. He's the fucking No Limit Soldiers. He's, oh god, um, he's in the. Yeah, oh god. Okay. Let's, god, what? He had some other weird gimmick in like no, early two thousand. There's a whole episode about Brad Armstrong that has to happen at some point. Of course, he was a man. <laughs> he was a uh, man. Bad street, he was Bad Street. He was. Remember the fucking No Limit Soldiers? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hell of a weird career. Yeah. He was doing fucking commentary for ECW in 2006 and shit. What? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Enough. Enough. Um, all right. Steve Armstrong is a guy. Just kill. Oh, that's... He... God. <laughs> all right. He this, was, and he's he was not, a parody of his fucking brother. That's Brad Armstrong's not in this match. Why... <laughs> <laughs> I just got to remember fucking Buzzkill, man. I remember Buzzkill. Got about Buzzkill. Um, all right. So, I said Tracy never had a bigger run in this match than this, right? Neither did Steve Armstrong. Definitely. Um, the Southern Boys are uh, different vibes from the rock and rolls, I think. As far as like a classic Midnight's opponent, yeah. they, they slot into like this immediate vibe of like, oh, this is so this is just jelly and peanut butter, you know? Like they are absolutely vibing with each other 100%. But it's a very different feel where these guys are like taller and they're not like jumping as much. I don't know. No, yeah, these are like... That sounds ridiculous to say it now. Jim and Cade compared to fucking... Yeah, the uh, Hardys. Yeah, the Hardys. ...90 90 rock and rolls, where, Mm. like, Robert Gibson's just like... I mean, he's still here to fucking have a good match, but he's also, you know, like, rubbing coke into his gums for 20 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so then the the big part of this one is the, the... sort of the the karate showdown of course very famous yeah. um between tracy and stan lane which happens kind of halfway through the match but i i i think that there's um there's a lot of great nice little stuff from the southern boys they do double arm ringers on on stan i think um Steve Armstrong hits a monkey flip early on that's, like, super high angle, and he, like, has to get out of the way for the landing. Yeah. Um, he hits a nice top rope flying clothesline. Like, Steve Armstrong has some stuff. He looks good here. Um, and then Bobby does... <laughs> Bobby, like, counters some just random rope-running BS with some very well-placed punches. Um, you know, he's the best, and Smothers bumps around for him a little bit. 
and they do like trickery on each other and 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 smothers is like sort of a um i i don't even know how to how to describe him he 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 plays little tricks though you know he's like a silent film kind of guy yeah absolutely he has the smothers is a guy who could have been a star without opening his mouth uh like as a wrestler like the classic like and he's obviously such like he has such fun command of the ring, even compared to fucking Bobby. Like, that's why, like, it, they go, well, and you can see, I mean, I don't think Bobby necessarily bumps bigger for anyone just because it's like, well, this guy's better. But it's like, Bobby takes him, like, absurd, like, an absurd, well, yeah. like, from the, from the ring to the fucking floor bump. Like, well, he's maximalist rope. at all times. Trace Bobby is, is a big wrestler. Crazy bumps. Everyone's taking a crazy bump or two. Yeah. Well, and, but that Tracy is like, Tracy is just too cool. Cause he's, you know, he's got the, it's just the carny tricks. He's just like a fucking star baby face. This man's been wrestling bears, you know? He's he wrestled is, bears. Are... You know who he's like? He's like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> but like, you know, like slightly less racist, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, he, he's got like this total, like, uh, lovable old you know him you love him it's tracy (laughs) he's a a fucking rascal he's an old feller um yeah he's the best he's the fucking best (laughs) yeah that's tracy baby uh yeah and they do some cat and mouse shit right um with steve and tracy both play the role of the of of the of the jerry to the tom um of the midnights here um, the crowd's losing their shit constantly. It's just yeah, it's... because it, I mean the the famous narrative on this match is that the fans are not really with the Southern Boys, but the Midnight's get them to reverse course. And but the, I mean the Southern Boys are doing their fucking. Is that what people say over. about that? Is that yes? I that didn't I didn't really catch there, that, and I don't really agree. I think there's parts where they are cheering for the Midnight's, but they get into the Southern Boys pretty quickly. They're like, it's just that there's these two doofuses compared to these guys who've been seeing for fucking years. I mean, obviously it's like, eh, I want to see, I want to see these guys. It's like, just, you know, you, you know, these guys, you love fucking Bobby and Stan and fucking, well, they do get babyface reactions in the, in the, in the last match we're going to do here, which is, shouldn't be the main event, but it is because we do, we're doing chronological here, which is fine. I'm happy we're doing it, but, uh, they get a babyface reaction at a point in that. And yeah, I think there is something to the idea that, like, I, all right, so if people say that, I understand there's some validity to it, maybe, because it is very apparent that sometimes the Midnight's go in a run of offense, and the crowd's like, fuck yeah, beat their asses, because <laughs> it's fucking cool. Like, they kick ass. They're kicking ass out there. I mean, yeah, like, like they're, It's like, fun to watch them beat somebody up. It's fun to watch them beat the shit out of Tracy's mothers for a minute. It's fun to watch them do, like... I'd like, cheer the, that. The drop to a hold, like, an yeah, elbow drop. Yeah, Backseat to, Boys shit. Classic. It's fun to watch Backseat Boys shit. Yeah, the Backseat Boys got fucking... They were heels. They got cheers for their fucking shit, too. Oh, um, man. Imagine, yeah. imagine a woman oh. stuffing dollar bills down Bob Eaton's crotch. <laughs> love that idea. Yeah, sure. I, I imagine the SAT versus, uh, yeah, I don't know, uh, Rick Blade versus Bad Street. That's... Mondo and Blade versus... <laughs> Mondo and Blade <laughs> versus, versus Con- Condry and Randy Rose. <laughs> uh, book it, Todd Gordon? I don't know who the fuck... <laughs> book it... Uh... BLP book Mikey? It, book, book it Gabe, because he's going to get fired soon. Is BLP Mikey still doing it? Is yeah, he... yeah. Oh, yeah, that show's... Yeah, the, the Chicago uh, GCW shows are with BLP, right? Yeah. All right. Book it, BLP Mikey. 
yeah, yeah, you know who's coming back with a vengeance in uh, Black Label Pro? That's right, it's the Stalgan Rogers. You can't keep that guy fucking down. <laughs> yeah, I want the no court. Offense, no it... offense to uh, to BLP Mikey, but man, you really love that guy now, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, i all nothing but love for for BLP Mikey. Um, Seems come, like an all right guy. Come back strong. Uh, I've ho- heard positive ho- real life stories. Yeah, ho- hope to see, hope to definitely not attend TurboGrafx 16 again. But I'll be there for the show that comes after it. Um, the uh, all right, so the Southern Boys um, get their asses kicked for a while here. The Midnight's yeah. the Midnight's are they do run uh, a, a a a heel control sequence that is sort of like a, and they do the moves of. They do the proto version of the world's greatest tag team, big finishing move, right? Which is like a lazy version of it. Like Stan could have jumped over, like he could have done the full thing. He just didn't want. Done the full leap he didn't even. Yeah. He didn't even try. He, and he does. That's like a signature move of theirs. He just never even tried. Um, and then you know, Bob, I think Bobby does a second lo- second rope, or maybe he does another top rope leg drop here. It just looks so good. Um, and you know, when they control a match, it is really. The the crowd sort of just settles in. They're like, "All right, let's sit down and watch." All right, let's see. <laughs> like, like it, it really feels like everybody just like, we know there's going to be like a hot tag at some point. Um, but we also know that there's going to be some cool shit in here. Yeah, right now they're we're going to watch they Bobby Eaton just boring fucking control sequences. They yeah. do shit where you're like, "Fuck." Yeah, let's fuck. see how he rips what his arm apart or like does some weird fucking suplex or backbreaker. Like, yeah, they're fun guys to watch. Stan comes in and does fucking karate or whatever. Um and then, you know, when w- the, there's a there's a there's a, a fucking I think it's a sunset flip, right? Um and Smothers gets the hot tag eventually, and they get some uh, they get some offense in. They get the, the there's a move that's a it's a missile drop kick heart attack sort of thing off the second yeah. rope, which is an insane move for like NWA 1990. Um, there's a bunch of distractions and whatnot and whatnot. Uh, there's a rocket launcher, um, and then. I guess it's the rocket launcher that gets the bridge up to Ukel—that's great. Yeah, like, that's the fucking neck bridge. Ah, oh, that's yeah. wild. Who was yeah. expecting that? And but then and then Smothers looks completely dead after kicking out, or after getting out of that. Uh, he, there's oh, a... I mean, is this this is the match that has the Alabama Jam where uh, Bobby looks like he's completely fucked himself up on it? Well, that's right before great. that's right before the big finishing run. His Alabama yeah. Jam here is a little earlier, and he does look like he is hurting from it. Um. It's not. It's not the GIF one for sure. It's a wide shot where you like have to really be watching to make sure. Like, <laughs> if you watch this and you want to see, because he does look like he's just like, oh fuck, and I think he tags out pretty quick too. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it feels. Like, I, I mean, it feels like if it was a sell, it was a really good. Call. No, it's it was just really one clever, of those moves. I it, no, I think he genuinely like was like, oh shit. There's dude. no reason to ever sell your own flying move with that much pain. You know, unless yeah. you're finishing, unless you're Jeff Hardy and you're like selling the back as you're pinning and getting the finish or whatever. At that no. point, you would have just had him kick out too. Yeah, as opposed. But I like the idea of it. I like if that's planned, then that's a really but fucking no, that's good the, spot. That's, no, but that's the thing about but the I leg don't drop think it's planned, is that you fully. hurt you hurt your back when you do a leg drop off the top rope. That's a, that's the problem with doing a leg drop off the top rope is that you hurt your 
back really bad. Like, you ba- yeah, basically everything from your tailbone up. One out of two a fucking huge shock. One out of two leg drops, you're liable to break your spine. <laughs> yeah. Which is, you're gonna hurt everything on your body because you're also going to land with at least one foot landing in a fucking weird way. Yeah, it's remarkable. It's remarkable that he lived as long as he did. Um, yeah, all right. Stan uh, catches Smothers with a kick to the head off the apron. He falls into an inside crable, crable, cradle for a, a, a motherfucker said crable um, for a Bobby pin. Um, and that's that. That's uh, that. Excellent match. Yeah. Um I guess that and the the Wrestle War Rock and Rolls match are always kind of like compared because they're yeah. the, they're the two big ones, you know. Um, Spend five months to each other at that. Yeah, I think they're like they're like right neck and neck, and they have they each have very different strengths and weaknesses, which is interesting. They're very different matches. I think I, I think that's the really the interesting thing here is because those two matches are so they're so heralded as like big. Uh, you know, like, like tentpole, like hang your hat on this Midnight Express matches. Yeah. Um, and especially the Rock and Rolls matches, so you know, emblematic of their it, like it's like the it's the big like it's the last hurrah for those guys, you know. Yeah. So people can like watch some of those matches and know that that's the big last one, even though we're about to get to a, a weird stand-in for it here in a second. Um, but the uh. The matches are so completely different. The Southern Boys match, the the Smothers and Armstrong dynamic is so completely different from Morton. Morton, Morton as like the perfect little stinker, and then also as just the the passion of the Christ, passion of yeah. Christ. Like it, it's just very it's it's very different from this, which was just a very much back and forth. You know, Smothers is crafty, so is Bobby. They fuck with each other, and they're you know everybody's doing shit. The Southern Boys come off like they could beat the shit out of the Minute Express. They're just not in this match because the, the well, they also seem they seem like they could almost out heal them if they like decided to like move in that direction. Like I, that's the thing about the Southern Boys is they feel a little more tricky. They feel a little more Dixie. You know. They do- fucking uh twin magic spot yeah they, yeah yeah like that's the kind of shit yeah uh, I, 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 they're they're they don't what uh, is there another good southern boys what's the other great southern boys match is there one there's not right there's not one acclaimed as such at least i mean yeah, it's, like yeah it's probably worth <laughs> looking but i'm not i don't fucking know what i've thought yeah head, yeah obviously. who knows so who knows what fucking sea show uh the sea show diet who knows what sea show shit they have out there who knows yeah um yeah that's a cool team though yeah. i like steve too i think steve is really good i think steve's very athletic i think steve and tracy is a team and i would love to watch i'd love to just watch every single fucking southern boys tag that ever made tape hell yeah because that is one of that's one of those projects you can sink your teeth into you know for sure all uh, right so <coughs> main event Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane, the Midnight Express versus Richard Morton and Thomas Rich. Um, Ricky from Morton Chica- from Chicago in on <laughs> from October Chicago. 27th, 1990 at Halloween Havoc. Um, what's the right, what's this show? What's the big one on this show? Is there what's the big what's the what's the uh, main event on this show? I have no idea. Do you know? 
<laughs> Luger's in it? Luger's, Luger's probably, yeah, it. it's probably Luger's in it. Yeah, all right. Yeah, boring. <laughs> I don't, I like Luger. Luger's, I, I'm not, I don't want to be mean. I like, I like Lex Luger quite a bit. Um, all right. So this should have been. It's, uh, oh, Sting Sid. And, oh, and there's Hanson. Oh. There is Hanson Luger. Yeah, because I was remember. I just like. Hanson Luger I... singles? Yeah. Is that good? What's that? Oh, like? uh, yeah, I remember that being good. I mean, weird. Stan's really going and fucking like don't give a shit. And that also has the nasty boy Steiners and oh and yeah, the tags because there's also the really good uh, Arn and Rick versus Doom tag for the world tag titles. Damn! All right, it sounds like a hot show. All right. Also, a fucking Freebirds versus the Renegade Warriors match that goes seventeen. Weird show. Goes, but, you you know, said seventeen minutes. Seventeen minutes. Is I think I'll. Seconds. I think I'll probably pass on that. One. Yeah, <laughs> nothing against the Renegade Warriors, but I'm good, man. Okay, so but something about... something against the Freebirds for sure. All right, yeah, go. You want to talk about uh, some Halloween costumes for a minute? Yeah, Tony or uh, or well, let's uh, talk about all Heyman. Three. Uh, let's talk about Jr. and his weird Al Capone getup. Hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I Heyman's... like it. I think it looks good. It was really funny. Heyman is Dracula, hilarious. Yeah. Subtext? Question mark. Tony. I thought about it. I thought I can't say the thought didn't cross my mind. <laughs> Heyman would do that just to fuck with, like, fucking Gordon Soley and be like, yeah, you well, know what I am, fu- bitch. Just to fuck with me and you so we could say it on the podcast. Heyman is a psychological later. man. <laughs> 30 years later. <laughs> I'm only alleging that I think he did it because he Because he knew podcasts would exist and we'd think it was insane. Well, let's talk about Tony as the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, Tony as the Phantom of the Opera. is Again, this is still Tony is, like, back from WWF, and they're like, you're, we're going to make you be a fucking doofus. Yeah, he looks like <laughs> a clown, and it's great. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. You know what doesn't count as a Halloween costume, but fucking looks like it? <laughs> Tommy Rich and Ricky Morton in these goddamn leather jackets with I thought, weird hair. I thought Ricky had had a haircut. I mean, I mean, no, he probably, it's just a ponytail. It's just a pony with, but I think he's had like a shave up the sides a little bit. Yeah, it's weird. What he's the... had like an emo kid, like sort of a little bit. Yeah, uh, Tommy Rich looks like he's dying. Tommy Rich is drunk. Well, so here's the thing about Tommy Rich is that you never actually see him in the foreground of a single shot in this entire match. Yeah, <laughs> he might as well not be there. It's very weird. It's a borderline <laughs> handicap match, and you know what? I'm with it. It's fine. It's, it's so funny. Place. You know what's so funny is anytime we like do one of these shows where the last match is the least interesting. It's funny. It's the most fun. Tommy Rich is like of us all, man. What can you say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, all right. Well, um, yeah, he does look. I said he looks like he just finished a fucking stint in rehab. So, <laughs> fucking he Mr. Donnie. Really oh, did you see his, sh- his weird tattoo on his arm of like a heart or something? No. Like some real fucking, like early tat, like some fucking 50s greaser shit. That, you think that's a stick on? This has got to be a gift. This has got to be a costume. But then again, like what, like Miss, like Mister Donnie's out here giving them those tattoos. Fuck. Well, we need to find a match with Mister Donnie around. I think that's objectively true. I need that. Do you think Mister is Mister Donnie actually on tape, or is he just in those like those couple of pictures? Because no, I... no, I think I think it is confirmed that Mister Donnie was on tape. 
but I've never seen him on tape. Yeah, that's the thing. And also, like, Tommy Rich in general is, like, a guy who is, like, a legend of territories who, um, a lot of the classic stuff, we don't, you know, we don't have it. Like, we don't have it. Like, or... the, the la- with the last Battle of Atlanta. Yeah, we just found that. Yeah, and then it turns out, like, it's pretty good. It's, it's good. Like, it might not even be the best match yeah. with a Sawyer brother on that car. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Like, I liked it a lot. I really dug it. But, like, you know, it's weird. It's weird what, what gets built up in Legend. And Tommy Rich was, like, one of those guys who got built up so much. And, you know, Missy Hyatt would talk about him and shit. You know, like, and, you know, Lawler would talk about... Well, when Tom, Tommy Rich came through Memphis, like, we never had crowds like that ever again. After You know, like, these guys yeah. would say this shit. You know, Flair would say, like, one of the only guys who could ever fucking, you know, match my fucking draw was, like, Tommy Rich. Like, these fucking people would constantly say this shit. And I'm just like, I, okay. This dude is, like, <laughs> 31 years old, and he looks 70. Yeah, and, you know, there is the good, you know, there there is some there's some Memphis stuff where he's got the juice and the mo- the mother promo with the, you know what I'm talking about? Where, yeah. like, the, is it, it's Jimmy Hart's, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen it in years, but I remember Tommy Rich just looking great. And, some, and these clips and those things are with me forever, you know. Um, yeah. I, Tommy Rich is a legend in my mind. Um, and then here, he's just kind of... He's looking like Kurt Hennig's bloated corpse. Kind of, he's, he's doing that, but he's doing it off to the side. Yeah. Like, it's not even, it's not even weird, a factor. weird, like, smoke-colored <laughs> tights and shit. You're just like, all right, man. You don't here. even care that he's there. <laughs> this match is about Ricky Morton doing fucking Frankensteiners and getting his ass whooped. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It yeah. is the last... Like full fledged, I mean, they do have meetings after this, but this is like this is the last rock. This is the last Midnight Express match in fucking WCW. This is the last is it, real yeah. Midnight Express match that anybody ever saw on national TV. Yeah, the 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 the, the, the heavenly bodies a little bit in, in SMW like a year and a half later, or no, like two and a half years later or whatever, right? But yeah, that's change later. Yeah, and it's just like this is fucking great. There's they left on top. I mean, it's a shame. Yeah. It, it well, they beat the shit out of Ricky Morton here. Yeah. Oh, man. It's... They're, they're feeling it. They're feeling it for sure. Um, Cornette says that the Midnights are are scared of, of the Midnights more than they... He says something about Boris Karloff and Bella Lugosi in the promo. And I just got to say, is this the oldest gayest motherfucker you've ever seen on the TV? <laughs> um, JR mentions, a, he's such a John Waters ass MF. You know? Yeah, he is. He is like really, oh, imagine, imagine Cornette with a pencil mustache. That'd be horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he'd be on the list. He'd be on more. He'd be on another list or two. Um, he, if, uh, if that happened, he would have gotten drugged to death behind a car. Yeah. Well, you know, it's amazing that it didn't happen otherwise. Um, JR mentions that Gibson uh, had Robert Gibson, of course, Bob. Um, Robert yeah. Gibson had a had some kind of horrible like six month injury surgery or like like he's gonna be out yeah, for a he while. His knee or something. Right. So I guess in theory this should have been R and R versus Midnight's again. Yeah. Right. That's kind of what the plan must have been. Um. 
and they never say that explicitly, but I kind of assume that that Tommy Tommy Rich it's kind of slotted in here. Yeah. Um, and when I say slotted in here, I mean they just stuck a guy on the apron. <laughs> Who's Southern and? <laughs> has like a pretty good punch yeah yeah there's like a couple of people in the crowd who slept with him in 1982 and they're gonna come just because they want to see him again you know um paul Heyman. i mean i think like great american bash he's jobbing to like 75 year old harley race you know is that what happened and yeah he's like there he's been around they didn't just find him completely off the street but it's like they could have put dutch mantel they could have put anybody in that spot it's like and which and I mean I think he's perfect for that spot in a weird way, but also he he's in the match for like a minute, which is fine. My wife just fucking ambushed me and said, "Do you love wrestling so much?" Just fucking with me. Stop fucking with me. Um, no, all right. So Tommy Tommy Rich is um, he is a legend though. I mean, at this point, right? Yeah. Like, what is? Why do they? Why is he here? Oh, he's got nothing better to do. He doesn't have a feud. They have yeah. not formed the York Foundation yet. Yeah, well, and I guess they've got this weird little emphasis on certain older guys at this point, too. Um, Junkyard but, Dog is out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're trying some stuff, you know. They're Then they're picking up the scraps of WBF, whoever they're not, whoever they, they've decided are not worthy, so... The dude of attitude, Paul Orndorff. Yeah, yeah, guys like that. And then they're, you know, WWF is never interested in the rock and rolls or the midnight, so they emphasize these guys, you know. Um, So the match itself is um, basically an extended, you know, Ricky Morton face and peril segment. Like, that is what it is. Like, um, Bobby just kind of beats the shit of him, and... um, that Stan does fucking karate on him, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, um, Bobby does, uh, very, like, instead of the O'Connor, like, the O'Connor roll into the neckbreaker, he has an O'Connor roll into an ace, cr- the O'Connor roll, and then does an ace crusher on Ricky, which looked fucking great. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, uh, I think that, like, there's, I mean, there's a famous, like, rocket launcher from the top rope to the fucking, uh, ramp. Spot. The, like, the rocket launcher here is shit. like the rocket launcher that they land here is like a almost a double knee drop from Bobby. It is yeah. it is brutal. Um, and uh, you know Bobby does his like you know the slingshot Billy Robinson uh, backbreaker. There's nothing better than that. And then yeah. uh, the uh, there's a, a a big comeback on the floor from Morton. He takes Bobby over. On the pads, on the on the on the pads at ringside with a Hurricane Rana, uh, which Jim Ross calls a Japanese head scissors. The Japanese Sandman, the Japanese Sandman. Is I, that? I, I, I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, I guess uh, you know they 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 fuck around a little bit. Bobby hits just the most perfect leg drop off the top. Doesn't yeah. even he doesn't even go for a cover. This is the best of the leg drops we saw here. He just is like, count him out. Count him ten. Yeah, he tells him, and, and uh, J.R. Heyman says, uh, just like Buster Douglas, which I guess the the Tyson Buster Timely, Douglas. Timely, yeah. Yeah, uh, very stupid. Um, Paul, uh, Paul Lee, who is 25 years old, 
here is not meant to be doing commentary yet. He'll cut. He'll become good at commentary, but well, and their team, time. you know, th- that team, that Heyman and uh, Jr. team is like, you know, they were there Mania X Seven. I think that's like one of the best events ever, and I think the the commentary is uh, a recipe of that. The two of them during TLC two is just, you know. It's yeah. p- it's part of the what makes that such a transcendent experience where you like th- they're vibing off each other and everything's super big and here they are and this is nothing. Yeah, but- Heyman is a tiny is a little twerp and Ross has no interest in feeding him. It doesn't give a shit about feeding him. Yeah, but eleven years later, you know, they're yeah. they have you know, they they call one of the great spectacles of all time and it's and they add to it completely. Um yeah, uh, what the fuck? There's, uh, the hot tag. <laughs> let's say, tag. let's talk, uh, let's talk about it's the hot. It's a pretty good hot tag. It's, it's, a. Uh, it's not warm. It's hot. It's hot enough. Yeah. Tommy. He's better than the Z-Man. Tommy Rich does a better hot tag than Tom Zink in that match, for sure. <laughs> um, I said, I have my note says, Tommy Rich is, is Tommy Rich actually in this match? I really don't know. Yeah, I mean he's uh, he's managing. Yeah, yeah, uh, but he comes in. He has I mean, some... and I mean, I mean, he's both managing Ricky Morton and he's managing, he's managing to walk a Kong bender. <laughs> he's, he's managing to stay upright. Um, yeah, he had some kind of like I don't know, like maybe C plus, maybe B minus punches. What do you? <laughs> they were they were good punches. They were solid right, punches. B minus um... for a guy who can't like move his legs anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he climbs up to the top rope somehow. Cornette rackets him. He takes like a wacky bump off the top in a way that, yeah, like cocaine. Like the his legs don't work, but he's like still hyped up, you know. Yeah, this uh, is the second most coke performance. Um, it, yeah, I guess because he does do a hot tag and he is kind of hot for it. He's definitely coked out. He's definitely number two after Williams. He definitely was like, "Come on, Tommy, get get yourself together, man." Get yeah. Yourself. Go, go do a rail. Yeah. yeah. Ricky's like, oh, man, that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do, brother. All yeah. right, I understand it. Yeah, thank you, thank you buddy. Wow. <laughs> I think so I'm going to give going, Tom Zink. these leather jackets? I love these leather jackets, man. Hell yeah, let's do it. We're, we're greasers for some goddamn reason because <laughs> we're in Chicago. It's Halloween, baby. Well, so at this point, Tommy Rich, you know. Tommy Rich is ready to he's ready to just hitch his start or whatever fucking horse will take him into the sunset. And yeah. you know, I guess at a certain point you're just like Ricky Martin, I remember you back from Memphis back in 1980. Your dad used to referee my matches. No. <laughs> he passed he passed me a blade one time. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Tommy Rich. Uh Tommy Rich not as good as the legend would have it, but, you know, God bless him. Um, he uses the racket on Stan Lane. I think After he gets a distraction pen. from the Southern know. Boys uh, dressed up as, yeah. Oh, yeah. as uh, Cornette. The Southern Boys come out dressed up as Cornette, but are, like, extra fucking dandy about it. Um, Steve Armstrong looks like he, he like he's wearing a pregnancy stomach. He does, and he looks like, you know, and they're both, you know, fully... It's the, fop, it's the most, like, insane... Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> it's great. That it's it's just good. like how the fuck are we gonna come up with a finish for this man who can't really do moves anymore to get a get? Well, why can't Ricky get the? Ricky's been out getting his ass beat for fifteen minutes, yeah. man. Yeah, so we're gonna have some guys dress up like 
Um, as gay as we can figure out. Like clowns. Like- <laughs> Let's do some Liberace shit. It's cool. It's great. Wrestl- uh, wrestling is awesome. <laughs> wrestling rules. Bobby Eaton rules. Oh, I fucking love it. This is yeah. such a encapsulation of, like, just, like, one literal year of, like, this guy's career. And he was doing this all the time. He didn't stop. Well, and also, no, he is just sort of, like, among all these things, among fucking Pillman and Z-Man, you know, Z-Man being shitty and Pillman being uh, wasted potential, among Smothers being a legend in his little territory and Armstrong being a nothing in a family of fucking nothings, Tommy Rich wasted and fucking washed up before his, you know, maybe before his time, maybe right at his time, maybe he never had anything more in him. And you know, then, free Samoans who nobody can tell. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like those it those guys all did okay. Years for one of them to actually have a good push yeah. anywhere. and then the rock and rolls. You know, it's a whole. It's a. It's just you know, these guys could sort of traverse the ups and downs of a roster, and that is sort of what happens. And and you know, the it's interesting the babyface run because it doesn't last long enough to really see. I would love to watch a couple more TV matches where Bobby Eaton gets to work babyface uh, selling. Because he seemed yeah. like a fucking natural little little baby face, like whiny bitch who gets the hot tag. And then Stan Lane comes in and does karate. That's, that's a baby face team. They that's should have like, been a fucking baby face team for a year or two. That's they like rude. Like, a, like, what if the Briscoe brothers were trying to fuck or something? Yeah. yeah <laughs> trying yeah. to get ass yeah. doing it. That's, they were that's cool. what you want, man. They could have been cool. They could have been really cool as a baby face team. Um, but no, they're not. Now he's dead. Um, and the other one is uh, the guy who's like the he's like dad he's he's like his uh, daughter's uh, she's like a she's like the crazy one right from Congress what's her name yeah Lauren Bobert Lauren Bobert that's just so funny I don't know it's such a funny um, the the webs that get spun out of wrestling and uh, Tracy Smothers finally we get to talk about Tracy Smothers. And, uh, but Bobby Eaton is just one of those guys, you know, and he'll come up, we'll talk about the Dangerous Alliance or whatever at some point, yeah. right? Um, but one of those... Is there a good Blue Bloods tag of him and Rico? <laughs> I don't know, but it'd be cool to find out, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you know what, here's the deal with this show is that some people will be dying, you know, people do die, um, and I love to talk about them after they die. Um, I count five dead men in these ma- in these matches, which is crazy. Yeah, there's some dead people in these matches. Um, but Bobby Eaton, uh, what do you say about Bobby Eaton? Great leg drop. Just uh, just as good of a fucking <laughs> like an, the wrestler's wrestler, which is such a well, so, thing to say. But man, he's so fucking good. He I went mean, on like, and he did. He he became like a trainer in like OVW and shit, right? Like yeah. The thing about Bobby Eaton, I don't. He was never really canceled, right? No, no, everybody everybody thought he was the nicest guy. Yeah, like, Stan, you know, Stan no, Lane uh, got revealed as the father of uh, one of the worst congresspeople ever, ever elected. A legitimate father, he didn't do shit there. He's right. still in the clear. Well, it's his genes, though, you know, I mean, shit. And He's dead, though, right? He's been dead for... Stan's still fucking. Oh, wow. Stan's still going, no. The next generation of Republican senators are still coming out of his loins. Um... Yeah, but no, that's the thing about Bobby Eaton is he he wasn't canceled. He was never canceled. Um, you said he had a loving wife? Yeah. And she died in May? I believe so. And then he died, what, 11 days ago or whatever? 
Yeah. Oh, so uh, the fourth, August fourth. Yeah. Tragic, tragic thing. Um, I think, you know, we've we've done so many shows about dead motherfuckers, and also just people who aren't dead, but we're just like, let's do a show, and so many of them have to have like the uh, like, uh, yeah, well, you know, they're great, but also it does, you know, this happened. So yeah. Everybody like this. Everybody like Bobby. Yeah. Every, <laughs> nobody bad about... just like the man. There <laughs> ain't nothing bad about Bobby, to my knowledge. No, he's just no, he's just a good dude. A good dude, so good at uh, that heel control segment. That should be on his tombstone. So good at the heel control segment. <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe, uh, Death to America. Oh. Uh, uh, bye, everybody. Long live the Dennis Conjury, Randy Rose, Norvell Austin, Jim Cornette. Rest in peace. Uh, Bobby Eaton. And Stan Lane. Who is alive. Who is alive. Wrap it up, man, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Bye, everybody. Bye.